Motorcycles and Misfits coming at you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Ooh. On the soundboard we have It is I, Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go go that's Bruce Buffert, not the Spanish guy. And uh, well, I don't, I don't want to pickle. Sunny Santa Cruz? Yeah. No, I don't want to pickle. I just want to ride on my motorcycle. Yeah. And we've got Isaac. Hey. <laughs> Charlie. Yo, what's up, bitches? <laughs> nice. Wow, that's really awkward. Cunts. Uh, Liza. Hey. I, too, are here. Hey. Uh, Segalin. <laughs> Bonsoir. Happy to be with you again. All right. Lovely, Ms. Emma. Oh, good evening, viewers. Sonia. It is time for a love revolution. Uh, yeah. Sid. Yeah, I, I got a job at Emma's shop. That it's was me. not my shop. <laughs> You're the queen. Hey. Oh, I'm the right. queen of everything. Now. We got nigga Jim. I like Harleys a lot more now, and quads still suck. <laughs> 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 and we have Doug. Apparently my boots stink. Apparently. Apparently. And we have Cat. Meow. All right, and that's uh, and I'm your I'm not your host tonight. You're a bag of dicks. I am a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be Knock. This is Knock. This is Bruce Buffert. Knock, we missed you this weekend. You were gone. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, just being polite. All right, I know. You guys don't miss shit. So, hey, um, we got a couple things coming up to talk about tonight. Besides the fact that it isn't actually sunny, it's been raining no, all it's day. Rain. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Okay. But you know what? The weather has been in the seventies lately. We went dirt biking yesterday. It was in the seventies, mm-hmm. so no a little shit. bit of rain is good. It's just going to make the dirt even better. So um, coming up tonight, we're going to talk about. Well, first up, we're going to get a crash report from Segalen, who's got her arm bandaged up. Ooh. Uh, next up, we're going to hear from. Isaac, who's got some uh, statistics for us on the latest crash study. He's the numbers guy, huh? He is. And then we're going to hear from Emma, who's going to update us. Um, so something happened last week. We didn't address it yet. We didn't have time to. But it, it's a kind of a big deal. The MAG, the Motorsport Aftermarket Group, filed for bankruptcy. This was a large uh-huh. group. Well, it it ain't that kind of bankruptcy. And we'll so talk about it. So we're going to talk about yeah. what that means. Um, ooh, and then this is a good one I'm excited about. You know, it's we just passed Black Friday. I think everyone's in the shopping mood and I'm already looking towards uh, the holidays so I've been thinking mm. about what do I want in my stocking so we're going to talk about good it's stocking stuff. it's gross when you say it like that stop it <laughs> why is it wor- <laughs> no it's gross if I said I want to stuff your stocking that's 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 pretty bad just yeah. think oven mitt yikes so yeah we're all going to talk about uh, items that we think are good gifts or maybe that we would like ourselves it's all floppy (laughs) 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 Uh, then uh, we're going to have 
a Bikeaholics Anonymous meeting mm-hmm. and an intervention oh, is, yeah. in, is in need, is in dire need. <laughs> We're going to find out who's, who's the lucky getting sucker the intervention. Yeah, right. <laughs> who, who do we get to throw under the bus tonight? Hmm? And then uh, <laughs> if we have time, we're going to hear from Bagel, who's going to tell us, uh, you know, why you may want a scooter in your garage. And if so, it's what, what scooter would be a good one? Because mm-hmm. everyone needs a little bit of scooter in A work garage, of complete right? fiction, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I wrote, I wrote a grom no, in, I like in San Francisco. Scooters. Oh, was that fun? Yeah, we'll talk about it later, baby. Maybe. That's fun, yeah. Maybe. I, I can just say the thing I love about my scooter is at 45 miles an hour, I feel like I'm defying death. It's <laughs> well, pretty awesome. On your scooter, you are. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, but um, first, I wanted to um, say a kind thing about our sponsor, Zero 3D. Uh, 03D.com. It's spelled C I R O 3D.com. And, you know, first I want to say I really appreciate that they're sponsoring us. But, you know, if you listen to other motorcycle podcasts, you're probably hearing their name. They're sponsoring a lot of podcasts. Not many advertisers out there, especially in the motorcycle community, are supporting podcasters. So they're one of the first to reach out and to support podcasters. That's a big deal in my book. I appreciate that. For sure. Um, and they've got some really cool stuff. Emma, I gave you the catalog to flip through, and you found something. You think yeah, a I found nice something item? I like. You know, What'd you find? Well, um, I like exhausts. Yeah. We all need them. Yeah. So, what Zero 3D have done with their exhaust? They've got um, like a, a muffler and tip package. Okay. And yeah. you can you can mix it all up. Oh, so got it. What they've they've got. They've got like a megaphone, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, almost like you remember the cocktail shaker yeah, mufflers. Yeah, yeah. Kind of looks like very kind of seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's got what, that look, and they're cool. What's the product what? number on that? You see, what's that? The product number. It should be um, product number on the megaphone muffler. They come in black or chrome. Drag specialty number is eighteen oh one zero eight five nine. And eighteen oh one zero eight six zero in. Oh, so you can get them in the drag specialty catalog. You, exactly. So you can get oh. the muffler and the tip. Well, now hang on. So you got the but megaphone mufflers, then you got the straight mufflers, which are black and or chrome. And you're not. You can just bolt them on the bike like that. They're not that expensive. You're talking for a pair, four hundred bucks, well, which really ain't good. much for a muffler. But so do you have to buy Emma, them together? Yeah. What if What if I want just the tip? <laughs> you can, Isaac. You can buy just the tip. Is darling. it cheaper? It is. <laughs> I prefer the full system. <laughs> well, you got to pay Absolutely. extra for that, honey. They've got two hundred and thirty-nine dollar tips. They've got ninety-nine dollar tips. Oh wow! Ooh, I'll take the cheap one. If you're a tip um, fancy, <laughs> but yeah, they do this thing called the dif- the diffuser tip, which is really cool looking. Hmm. Um, so buy the muffler, put on. Yeah, right. Um, buy the muffler, and you can just use it outright. And then, if you want to dress it up some more, you can put these interchangeable tips on, and they look cool. So, so what you're saying is that it's they've got what anyone it got stuff for that anyone would need, whether they want just the tip or the full pipe. If if you want the full pipe, right. they can look after you. If oh. you if you if you're the kind of person who just wants the tip, 
They got you covered. There goes our sponsor. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, Zero3D.com, the thing that I see through that catalog is that uh, things are very much about uh, style, uh, design, and, you know, performance and function also. But, you know, I've been messing around with these uh, accessories for so long now. I can tell just by looking at the book, this is high-quality stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can always tell when you look. Yeah, it's really quality and design. But this isn't. Mm -hmm. This is nice design. The chrome looks thick. The design's nice. Um, It looks really, really good stuff. Cool. So, Zero3D.com. Check it out. And again, thank you to them for being sponsors, not just for us, but for all of the motorcycle podcast community. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, there was some dirt biking yesterday, again, because the weekend before was just so fabulous. I think we just needed to go hit the dirt again. And we dragged a Segalin out, <laughs> who went for the first time last week. Did great. As we said, she rode too fast and didn't crash. Had a good time. So, you know, we just thought time to push that luck. Take her out a second time. Second, Lynn, what happened to you? Well, you all remember, avid listeners, that I was very happy to try my first um, dirt bike riding with this group of outcasts. And, and what, were you, <laughs> what were you riding? Uh, Steel the TT. Dickhead, dickheads is fine, thank you. <laughs> Steel the TT uh, 125. I was offered a, a bigger bike, and I thought, no, 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 let's be modest and keep on with what I've learned on. Mm-hmm. So I went back on the TT 125. The weather was as splendid as it was uh, the weekend before, so everything should have gone as smooth, except that for the first time I encountered a steep hill. Mm. And that was my first downhill. And I wasn't prepared at all. I don't even know there were downhills. (laughs) 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 And here I was, right on top of it. So I lost everything. My brain, my confidence, everything, the little, the very little I knew about dirt riding just went out the window. And I, Jim was just, naked Jim was just in front of me. Yeah, next thing I knew, she was on top of me. (laughs) (laughs) And in order to avoid that awkward position, I decided to take a left. And here I was. was, There was no left option. No, there was no left. Absolutely. It was a dirt wall. That was was kind of the left option. There was down. Or there was into a hillside on a, either and side. And I chose the hillside. Not that I don't like Naked Jim, but I yes. we're not intimate enough yet. So <laughs> I went to the left. That yet. <laughs> down on the hillside. And it was a pchung pchung pchung. And so I didn't no. realize what was happening, uh, just that I was a bit scared. Uh, in one word, I think I panicked. Mm-hmm. Well, I said it. I recognized. I panicked and lost all my means. So I got Got up, but suffered a bit, and um, I thought I had broken various parts of my body. Not at all. Nothing was broken. So I was told to get on the bike and go down the hill. <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. Were you in pain? We uh, yes, yes, a little bit. Okay. Okay. A little bit. But we were up on the on the hills. We were up on the mountain. Like. There was no getting her out of there, and it was a one-way trail, so you had to keep going. Well, what's funny is we all had all our own vantage point of the crash, because like I, I went first. I remember saying, "Just watch me. We're gonna go slow. You know, put it in gear, rear brake, blah blah blah." And I go down. And I'm just going really slow, basically kind of skidding my way down. And next thing I know, I see a blue flash up next to me, <laughs> and it's a quick glimpse of sailing. I'm like, "Oh no!" And then she just rocketed into the bank, and uh, and it, it was it was it was a violent crash. What trail was this? 
the downhill one. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how it I was remember it. The up uh, midfield, mid middle field, f- yeah. middle field. But it was all okay. chunky. It was all chunky and ruddy and kind of fucked open. up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was oh, it, it, it was it wasn't easy. It was a challenging little downhill section. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I'm not sure it, it was, it not was easy. but I, I was so surprised when I so that's the thing. It's like well, there's not a lot of options, and if you know, if there isn't anything broken, it's like you're you got to keep riding. Yeah. But she didn't have use of her thumb, and this was on the throttle control. So yes. how did you manage to ride your way out, and how painful was it? It, it was quite painful. <laughs> so I put my right palm against the, um, and all the English words, I'm, I'm going to miss them, but against the handlebar, but not touching it with my thumb or my first finger. Mm. And so no, it was I to the right like that. Knock, I'm, like show, this. I'm showing because on the radio, on oh, the podcast, so like it's on not the outside. Like you couldn't outside. wrap your, you couldn't, she couldn't wrap her thumb around the throttle. Yeah. No. Okay. Wow. So I had to touch it to the right. Oh, and like uh, I tried and managed like that. And when I would, because I was still scared, believe me, I had mm. not only fallen, but I had to keep on going. Well, that's fine. So I was, I was doing that. And then sometimes I would just let my right hand breathe a bit uh, where we're going downhill and it worked it was painful but yeah. it worked I managed to arrive at the bottom of the hill <laughs> she's being very modest because I could tell you know after the crash and Liza did you actually see it yes yeah. I did so I could tell why is I, she turning left because I, I looked at her <laughs> and I'm like alright I could tell something so anyway I, I found a place where I could at least park the bike ran back up and uh, and I could tell that you know, you know she was hurt it's like she was more shaken than just you know crashing a dirt bike but um, I tried not to cry yeah no you were very brave and very <laughs> well, courageous mean, you got major street cred out of that riding yeehaw. well because yeah, well, we were, it's a, there was still a, we had to get off the hill and it was probably another I don't know a good bit of riding to get out of there and it wasn't flat I mean it was down and up and so yeah you definitely definitely powered your way out of there very impressive I wouldn't say I enjoyed it but I'm glad I did it that's done I was instructed to fall and I fell you fucking did it man you did it we talked about it before we started riding it was like one of the boxes to check was yep we got to fall today done (laughs) Done. okay I mean going going downhill can definitely be daunting as a newer dirt rider yeah. Oh, yeah. Daunting is like the smallest word for that. It is fucking terrifying is going downhill scary. Scary. as a new dirt rider. Mm-hmm. I still get to the top of hills and Doug's at the bottom and I'll look at him and all you see is me shaking my head violently going, no, I'm not doing this. And him at the bottom shaking his head violently going, yes, you are. <laughs> it's absolutely super scary being at the top of a hill. Doesn't Thank matter you, how long you've been. Dirt riding hurts. So she, she did a good job. And yeah, I wanted to applaud you for that. Does this deter you, you from riding at all? Well, I have um, a cast on my right hand, so I'll have to wait a little bit. But as soon as it's off and I regain confidence in myself and my little means, of course, I'll be back on the saddle. All so right. they said there was nothing broken, right? It was a sprain and uh, and the, it was for precaution that you got to keep it immobile. Yeah, yeah, nothing is broken. Yeah. So it's just torn ligaments. And they said oh, no. b- better to do it um, that with the cast. You'll just stay with it a few weeks instead of a few months. So I'm like, okay, yeah, put the cast on. Uh, uh, and, okay. and it worked out because we dropped her off at the store at Hollister just to, like, here we go, we'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, and, and I chilled there, and I was people watching, and I loved it, because as a Parisian, it was a totally American experience. <laughs> oh, <I'm sure. laughs> it was it was, oh ins- it was insane. It was pretty crazy. And, and it was just 10 minutes later that my bike blew up. <laughs> so I had the pleasure of being Liza's company for a, a good hour, an hour and a so half. So I, I just limped it back down to the store and just hung out Your with bike her. blew up right as we were riding up to it. 
and I'm waiting up to it, and all of a sudden I just see this fucking cloud of smoke. This is a this is a story for another day. But Liza, you're becoming that guy. You're becoming that person. What happened? Next thing you know, you'll be stopping for a thousand smoke. I'd like I'd like to add something to finish the the story of the fall. Is that I was I came with my Harley. So how am I gonna go back home? Oh shit! Couldn't ride. So Naked Jim came to the rescue. <laughs> All right, describe so you guys get a kick out of this. So he had to ride her bike home. She drove his truck. Yes. Jim, describe your outfit that you rode. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't, obviously didn't have street stuff. Well, maybe Segele could describe it better because she was watching me. I was in front so, for a while. Uh, yes, of course, I was following him with his truck. And to me, he looked like, but maybe that won't talk to you, but as a French person, he looked exactly <laughs> like a fisherman out of his boat in Brittany. <laughs> Means he had this bright yellow, what we call the fisherman jacket. I don't know how it's called here. <laughs> it was like a raincoat. Yeah. Voilà. But he just pulled stuff out of his truck. He well, yeah, all I had was my ra- riding gear, and I had no like yeah, dirt, armor, his so I just dirt boots and his dirt pants on. Yeah, and, I, how and do you shift a jacket? Harley with dirt boots? Carefully. On. Yeah, yeah, but but well, I knew that you know it was okay in Hollister, but uh, so I threw a sweatshirt on. But I knew once we got to the coast, right? You can go to the coast next. You know, it's 55 and foggy. And you know that gets cold quick, and I'm sure everyone in this room probably has ridden with a garbage bag on before because oh yes, makes the world. So I'm like, I'm gonna be prepared. But yes, I got my full dirt gear on, boots and pants (laughs) and and dirt helmet, helmet. (laughs) (laughs) and a big yellow uh, raincoat on. I was pimping in San Juan Batista. (laughs) No, my bike. um, We were pulled over to the side of the road, waiting for everyone to catch up, and I was keeping it revved high because my battery was low and wouldn't restart, and it overheated while I was sitting there and popped. A hose, a, a hose broke. <laughs> so suddenly there was just a cloud enveloped to me. It was oh, right. So it, it was right as we pulled up. Okay, you had you had a coolant line failure. Yeah. Not okay. I thought you grenaded your motor. Or something. Oh no. No. Okay. I turned it off immediately. Not okay, really cool. not No, it wasn't that big, and it was actually a coupling in the coolant line that cracked in half. Yeah. Oh, that's about right. Yeah. I, I will the say the hose is fine. No, I fixed it. Yeah, the hardest part of the day was going back to Segalene and her family and like delivering her in this broken state. Like, oh, I wish I could meet everyone under a little bit different circumstances. It was all the ploy so you can come to Pacific Grove. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was very generous and what a beautiful family. And then uh, real quick, we had an almost another crash. Went, oh, it was a doozy of a crash. It was awesome. So Me what, and Jeremy's oh, it wasn't exciting that moment. exciting. So, Jim, you had another <laughs> another woman up your ass. What happened? Oh. I did. <laughs> Well, I was going to say... Segalene's I didn't stop. She no, you did not. <laughs> she ducked it So, yeah, here's the I difference is she saw Jim ahead and bailed to the left and yes. took the mountain, yeah. took out the mountain instead of Jim. And I went right up his ass. Sonia <laughs> went, hit Jim, basically. Wait, what happened? Why is everybody crashing? Knock, you got to come dirt biking, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't show up. There oh, are man. no brakes. Okay. That's why. All right. It's a, you know... <laughs> I'll say it's it. I learned from Liza, and Liza has a steep learning curve. I've tried to flatten it a wee bit, but typically when we take people dirt bike riding, like we kind of judge their ability and and you know push the envelope in what we think is a reasonable way. So um, yeah. <laughs> reasonable. It's funny because you said a, Liza and reasonable. It's a discussion. The word reasonable. Oh, like yeah. oh hey, go try racing Yuri right there. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. new. But no, we were having a nice ride, Sonia and I, and we were cruising around just taking 
kind of chill. And it was the end of the day, and we were kind of heading back down. And there was one, one uh, we had done the uh, double hill climb, right? And you rocked that, did just awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, she rode great the whole day. And um, double hill climb, no problem. And there's that, well, there, I don't know, other fucking hill climb, and it goes three ways. And it was the one that I knew crashed. Cat, uh, you had crashed on. You remember that hill climb that? Oh, the like the super ready one. When well, not the super. It was the one that Sarah turned it taught, taught us how to like turn the motorcycle around when you crash. Oh yeah, when I kind of like the bike went forward and I went backwards. Yes. And yeah. It was the same one where Beck <laughs> yeah, launched, rough. Bex launched it up the that, side of the I thing too. I did pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, those two crashed. I'm like, we should do this hill climb. So, <laughs> so we. I'm like, yeah. Well, it's either that or just ride back back down. And it's like always, you know, fun to like accomplish something cool at the end of the day. And so I start going up the hill climb and and it got a little funky and chunky at the top and got got up and I got off because I had the GoPro and I was going to go down and film Sonia and it was like five steps into it all I see is a huge cloud of dust and I'm like yep sure enough so but she had launched a motorcycle cycle like up the side of the bank so standing vertical straight up and down Whoa. the funny thing Bex had done the exact same thing just on the other side my so. daughter drops them down the cliff I ride them up <laughs> I don't know what happened to Sonia what happened in the crash I just hit a big rock and lost control. Oh. All right. That was it. (laughs) You're just taller than me. That's the only reason why you go up and I go down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, whatever. (laughs) So it was another good day of riding right before the rain. Quad suck. I looped it forward. Yeah, oh, Charlie, yeah, Charlie looped it forward. He was working on his dismount, but he didn't stick the landing. Well, okay, so I was going to try, I was trying this hill climb, and at the bottom of the hill climb, there was a rut um, taller than my knee um, that was like, what, three feet wide? Ooh. And going Jesus. down it, you don't really, I couldn't see it based off how it was sloped in the sun oh, angle. Oh, man. And when you're going down uh, about to the hill climb, you're like, oh, that looks like a little divot. I can take that. And then all of a sudden your bike's flipping over oh. and you're flying in the air and Jeez. fucking all of a sudden in <laughs> mass pain. Wow. <laughs> um, and then you're like, oh, and then you like stand up and look like what happened? And you're like, oh, there's a giant rut. <laughs> <laughs> and like Jeremy didn't, Jer- uh, Jeremy was behind me. I'm like, don't try doing this hill climb. I'm going to do it real quick. And I was just out of sight and like, why is Charlie not up that yet? And he like eventually walked down and the bike's like upside down, like flipped the other way. Oh yeah, and Jeremy yeah. sent a bike over a cliff too. So Jeremy Y was there. Man, you guys yeah. had an eventful yeah. weekend. Yeah. The best part was Jeremy had borrowed or not the best part, but bar- dar- borrowed Doug's bike. <laughs> and we yeah. brought it up Hey Doug, did you see that? He's all what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You sent the picture the to everyone except for Doug? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, I didn't well. make this uh this trip, but uh Jeremy texted me this morning. He's like, Oh, thank you so much, man. I had a blast. Uh, uh, you know, I, I dropped it a couple times, so like, let me know if there's anything broken, and uh, let me know if I can give you some cash for letting me use it. And I was like, no, man, that's not necessary. Like, the, the bike's actually you only good shape. like no payment, like only if you break something. Yeah. He didn't tell me. Yeah. Come to think of it, we, we did straighten the uh, front wheel out. You know what? Though, the wheel was, off the cliff. The wheel was already like off. No, it wasn't. No, the fuck it wasn't. So yeah, it was worse. I think I think Doug had an idea. We need to start instantly. Instituting the upside down fee. Yeah, there yeah. is an upside down fee. No fees for borrowing it, but there yeah, is an upside down. It's upside down. Fee. You yeah. got to pay extra. We had a good moment with a quad, though. He stopped and helped us pull it out. <laughs> nice. A good moment with a quad. Yeah, he they stopped. This he like, helped us happens? pull the thing out. Oh, how so nice. good quad. Good good <laughs> weekend. I'm sure we'll have more. So Isaac, there was a report that came out. Yeah, speaking so, of crashing. Um, 
you know, I get this. Uh, if you're an, a member of the AMA, you get the AMA magazine, which is really cool. And I find a lot of cool stuff in there. And there is a report about the new, it's a new crash report. Yeah. Um, the last report really was done, the Hurt Report. That was back right. in the 70s or 80s? That, no, that 1981. was. 1981. Yeah. 1981. But the, the report was actually compiled from data that accumulated throughout the late 70s. So, so a very different been, time. We've been relying oh, yeah. on the Hurt Report, which is very old. So there was a new report done. Was it from Oklahoma University? Yeah, so there was so a new report done. What um, does it say? What are the, the just the basics of statistics? We're yeah, so fucking so crazy. So this was that. called the Motorcycle Crash Causation Study. It was conducted by researchers at Oklahoma State University. Um, and they... Basically, uh, Oklahoma State University, but they studied Orange County, California. So, um, they studied 351 crash investigations and did 702 rider interviews. Uh, and basically, um, I want to go over a few things. So, um, how it was conducted... They basically got former police motorcycle officers to volunteer to be uh, on call around the clock. And, and these guys went out and um, gathered information whenever there was a crash. And they interviewed witnesses and they recorded measurements and made diagrams uh, basically to get as much information as possible. Like they bought helmets that were involved in crashes mm-hmm. and uh, so that they could study where it was impacted, what manufacturer it was, how the uh, chin strap was uh, held up. Um and yeah so there's a few things uh a few findings involved um so i want to go over who's crashing um and uh like how much training they had and what uh demographics are crashing the most and then uh and then what what are the what the causes of that is so what they a lot of what they found in this study is that um when you add it up um the get to the point Good lord, son! Come on! No, most of them were most like most of the crashes. Like half of the crashes are people between twenty-one and thirty. Surprise! Okay. That's half of it. That's uh, forty-nine percent, I think. Mm. And then every like all the other age groups are about ten percent. And they also found that uh, that most, I think, about fifty-five percent had either no license yeah, or this no one training. Yeah, me. Fifty-five percent had like twenty uh, percent had no license. That's about at right. all. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, some of them had no like motorcycle license. Some had just no license at all. Uh, and then another thirty six percent just had no had no motorcycle training, whether whether like they taught themselves or just had no, reported no training. And then you know the other the other forty five percent, most of them had taken just a beginner course. And then of the people crashing, only eight percent of crashes were people who had taken more than one course. Wow. So taking more than one course, you're immediately in the top 10%, uh, like as far as being how likely you are to crash. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if that's how statistics work. I think it is, but... <laughs> you could have said it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, because I remember reading that article, because yeah. it was interesting, because anytime I see things about how you can not crash, that always piques my interest, and I'm like, probably a good article to read, and it's those things, that it, it's such common sense, but like once you read it, you're like, okay, I get it, but it's good, to, it's something really good to articulate and to know. Yeah, and there's yeah. like a bajillion numbers in this, but what they what they tend to boil down to is oh, thank you. taking like any follow-on training increases your statistics so 
drastically, and it, the, it lowers your yeah. Yeah. Doug, oh, you took that wheelie class. How was that? I was thinking. <laughs> did the wheelie uh, help that? I was thinking statistics of uh, not being in a crash. So can no. we find this uh, study online as a PDF or something at the at uh, the university's website or something? Probably. Or? Well, it was uh, in it was it in the AMA magazine, so I'm sure. If well, you go to AMA. if you want to look it up, it's called Motorcycle Crash Causation Study. Okay. And then um, and then they also looked into like what's actually causing the crashes. So basically. Um, most of them are intersections. Was it their tires? Oh, interesting. It's mostly intersections, and at intersections, it's it was the biggest single factor was anything coming from the front and the left. Oh, because they can't see left turners or yeah, hitting up left yeah, turns. Yeah. It's, it's visibility. Yeah, and, yep. then, and then they visibility. found that in seventy percent of all crashes that involved like any other vehicle, the uh, the the uh, the car, the person in the car didn't see the motorcyclist or didn't take correct action. Okay, so yeah. being visible. I, I'm just gonna say yeah. again. I, I say it all the time. And even though there have been reports come out that say that the bright colors, the fluorescent yellow and stuff, aren't aren't doing what we think they're doing. I, I disagree. It catches my eye. I think yeah. safety vests. I think headlight modulators. I think extra lights. I think yep. anything you can do, added reflectors. If you see like um, touring bikes that have the side bags and when they put those big reflectors on, yeah. uh, adhesive reflectors, yep. it, it becomes so much more visible. Well, yeah, and, and like I was I was just riding home from Thanksgiving the other night and my girlfriend was driving home in her car with my housemate and, uh, and so I got on the freeway after them and then dusted them and she's like, well, you were a mile past us and we could see your your reflective vest. Well, that's cool. Lighting yeah. up like a Christmas tree. Okay, so like uh, an aside to this, aside having passive um, visibility devices, uh, when you're around town and you're around intersections, take it easy. Slow yeah, the fuck down. So, yeah. Always another, hesitate. There's a cu- yeah. another thing. There was another it. study done in uh, Texas. Uh, no, this was Virginia Tech, where they actually followed individual riders mm-hmm. and got uh, specific accounts and looked at like their crashes. And in those crashes, they were finding the two main factors in the crash were, again, intersections, and the second one was aggressive riding Aggressive behavior. riding, yeah. So aggressive riding when there's anyone else, in Does, general, but especially if there's anyone else around, if you're aggressive riding when there's other people around, you're just you're yeah, ruining. Guys, speed in traffic, guys, on, on your motorcycles, you gotta understand you don't move like anything else on the road. Yeah. People are expecting either pedestrians or like big slow vehicles, and the way you move, the fact that the people can't see you is is an issue. So keep that in mind. And well, then, there's this study. humans see what they're used to seeing as well. Yeah, like exactly the, true. there's been. <laughs> through history multiple accounts of humans like legit just not seeing something because their brain just can't process it fast enough it so it goes by memory and yeah. here comes motorcycles and especially if somebody isn't a rider or doesn't know a rider it's not something they're used to seeing it's not something their brain is going to be able to process as fast yeah. as seeing a car and by the time they do process it if they are paying attention maybe they're staring at their phones you never know always be riding on the offensive like on the Defensive, defensive, and assertive, assertive, but defensive. Yeah, Yeah. I'm offensively defensive. No, just (laughs) just pretend like nobody sees you. It's it's the best way to ride, and just expect everyone to be trying to hit you. Another really interesting thing was they were. It's saying um, as far as things that cause crashes is it's saying that so about of reported crashes about five percent, five to ten percent are fatal. Uh, that's reported. I'm sure tons are unreported. However, of fatal crashes, 30% involved alcohol. 
Mm. Wow, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> who, wants oh. another, who wants another beer? <laughs> Almost. Like, yeah. Is that like the rider drinking uh, or the driver? Or oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. So alcohol use was involved in more than half of the fatal crashes. Wow. wow. More oh, I than don't half. Doubt that. So I, I think it's on either end. So okay. so yeah. what what you can take away from that is is removing alcohol use makes you half as likely to be involved in a fatal crash. I know it was involved died. in less than thirty percent of the non-fatal crashes. So basically, alcohol use makes a crash one more likely and two more likely to be fatal. Yeah. It doesn't just make it's like it's more likely you'll crash and you could die. It's like if you're more likely to die in a crash that you have. Yeah, and, and more likely to crash. In the first yeah, and more cool. likely to crash. Do these statistics take into account of um, years of riding experience? Um, Not when you're drinking. Well, well, no, I'm saying so. <laughs> I'd imagine they there's would. The, well, if they they, yeah, the lower really. age group had the higher percentage of crashes, but I'm thinking those people also are the newer riders as well. Well, right. What they're saying is an age group as opposed to how many years experience. They didn't state right. that. There's just a ton of factors. There's there's your age group, how aggressively you ride, yeah. how um, like whether you've been drinking at all, whether you've taken follow on training. Those are those are the big ones. Yeah. But and then cool. and then it's just be really careful at intersections. And they also went into the Berkeley study about lane splitting, and uh, apparently riders who are lane splitting are less not only less likely to crash, but significantly less likely to have any injury in that crash. Yeah. So they looked at oh, okay. they looked at riders who crashed while sense. lane splitting versus while Thank not you lane for splitting, sharing. and they're actually the riders who had an accident while lane splitting still got significantly less injured. Than those. Well, you aren't who, getting sandwiched in between. So if I if I lane split drunk, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, like pinball your way. Like pinballing your way. For example, I feel much better now. Thank for you. example, take head injuries. Uh, riders who were lane splitting, nine percent uh, who had crashes had a head injury. Seventeen percent who weren't lane splitting had a head head injury. That's like twice as many. And there again, yeah, I'll say because you know because I commute over the hill to, to to Silicon Valley every day, and I see like every variety of driving and riding you can see. Yeah. And I think there again, the devil's in the details. You can lane split, you know, at, at thirty five or forty miles an hour in similar traffic, maybe a little slower, and that's cool. But when you see someone lane splitting, you know, at seventy or eighty miles an hour going over seventeen, it's a well, whole different story. So the yeah. statistics are are good and they're. Definitely things to be aware of, but and, and, and they're nuanced, you know. And I, I think a lot of it just gets well, down to common sense. Yeah, if you're lane splitting over forty, over forty to fifty miles an hour, that's where your statistics go way downhill. If you're if if traffic is oh, the speed of traffic is over fifty, you're not beating statistics by lane splitting. Okay, and so legally lane, on, you're on, not on, supposed on, to do on. it over forty. We're defining lane splitting as when the cars are kind of near bumper to bumper going yeah. less than twenty miles an hour. We're, yeah, because there's we're, less not than we're not talking about blowing between. Yeah, cars that right. happen to be next to each other it's right. in 80 miles an Because that's the not lane splitting. Guidelines. That's being an asshole. That's what? weaving around, yeah. Yeah, knock. My definition of lane splitting, and I, I can't even remember how long ago I heard this. I mean, it's well over 20 years it's ago. For sure. But there are rules that apply. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that back then you could do no more than 15 miles an hour over the speed of the prevailing yeah, traffic. It's 10 now. Pace, yeah. So it's 10 now. Um, and, you know, uh, when the prevailing traffic's doing 45 miles an hour, all bets are off. Yeah, because, for sure. You know, duh, duh, duh. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, um, at least you're moving with the traffic. Everything's going yeah. in yeah. the same direction. Just when I'm lens so splitting, I feel like I'm controlling much more what I'm doing and what the others absolutely. are doing. Oh, for, oh, for sure. sure. Yeah, so I, I teach this, and the guidelines are are 
no more than 40 and no more than 10 above what traffic so is doing. So your delta is so 10 if, miles an hour? You, yeah. Okay. So if traffic's right. going 30, you can go 40. If sure. traffic's going 40, you can't go more than 40. And drink a couple Take of beers. <laughs> Loosen my, up a little bit. My rule of thumb, is, and this is actually, a, it, it seems to work. I, I think that's is, quite cool um, mentioning thumbs. Whatever the, no. whatever the speed <laughs> limit says for like a turn or whatever, if you're, you're going 30 over, you're good. <laughs> no, I, no, that's about right. It's, it's yeah. about right. You mean the suggested? Oh, no. Hold on you don't a mean second. the speed limit. You mean those orange signs that get suggested? When it suggested says like speed. slow, f- forty. It depends for on if you so know depends on the speed. Good, yeah. When like you get down, 10, when it says go fifteen, you pay the fuck attention because yeah. yeah. those ones are yeah. for real. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's some roads where there's fifteens and they're like you could totally like clock them at like forty-five. Yeah, forty might be But then there's some that you should go ten. I'm gonna disagree with that one only because of my first. Jameson Road, you know. Well, you know. And <laughs> hey, um, thank you for doing that report. I mean, the takeaway yeah. is kind of dry. visibility, of drinking, be responsible. We know that, but it's always good to be reminded and just have that be, uh, you know, documented in these studies. Yeah, just uh, rem- remind yourself that you w- want to be doing this for as long as you're alive, mm-hmm. for the most part. You know yeah. I mean? it's Keep it, that in your future. So, you gotta, you gotta stay oh, also, riding. wearing yeah. gear... Wearing gear reduces your chance of injury, uh, injury. by so much percent. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> so but much. Surprisingly, we didn't talk about it with Segole, but when she when she crashed, it was a violent crash. I saw it, it was downhill. The handlebars kind of jacked. Cool. And the only thing that got and her thumb got hurt, which sucks. But the rest of her was okay. I and had good gear. And she had gear. Yeah. You, you had bad thumb protection. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's what I told the hospital. They said, "Did you have a helmet? And did you have this and that?" I said, "I had any everything, but not a thumb protector." Yeah. Mm, yep. So let's talk about. About the the mag uh, update. So, can you first say who the mag group is well, and what th- what they cover? So the big news. We'll we'll start at the beginning. Last week, um, early last week. So we missed it on last week's podcast. We're talking about it this week. Um, the motorsport aftermarket group filed for bankruptcy. Well, the first thing you say is who the hell are the motorsport aftermarket group? Um, here's an umbrella of a lot of brands that they're involved in. Biker's Choice, Kuriakin, Progressive, Vanson Hines, Renthal, J&P Cycles, oh shit, Renthal. and yes, mm-hmm. Tucker Ro- Rocky are in there as well. Progressive as, as distributors. The, yeah, Progressive Suspension. I mean, it's not just Springs. Vanson Hines. Vanson Hines. There's a ton. This is a um, huge group. Mustang seats. So it's not just Mustang seats yeah. are in there as these well. It's not just bling and pipes. It's no, 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 no. These no. are big names in motorcycle accessory companies. So the first, even if you don't know who MAG are, you know the brands. The second thing is, whenever anybody mentions bankruptcy, throw the hands up in the air, the sky's falling. It ain't that kind of bankruptcy, but it does have repercussions for the industry as a whole. Um, They're filing for Chapter 11. And basically what Chapter 11 bankruptcy does is extremely... It's a very complex legal process. They've got $300 million in debt, I believe. They have accumulated $300 million in debt, which is quite a number, actually. I mean, it's... You know, I can do that on a good weekend on the gym, <laughs> but um, $300 million in debt is quite significant number. Um, they're just citing a, just a slowdown in the market. But if you... Basically, a Chapter 11 bankruptcy means that you have sufficient assets either in your inventory or 
by your financial backers to cover pretty much 90 to 100% of the debt you're in. Okay, they're not so shit in a hole then, basically. Right. So what it actually means is none of these products that we all love are going anywhere. Okay. I um, like when you talk technical knock, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lawyer speak. So <laughs> before everybody runs out and is looking for a deal on a Vance and Heinz pipe because they're going down the toilet, it's not true. What's going to happen? Uh, somebody on that list did go down the toilet, though. Which one? Motorcycle Superstore. Yeah, no, motorcycle. they got folded in, though. They got really? folded by J&P Wait, Cycles. Well, yeah. hold yeah. on. Here's the thing. Well, no, J&P Cycles are part yeah. of yes. right. the you group. Can, if you go to the Motorcycle Superstore site, it says powered by J&P Cycles. Yes. And they were... I don't know if they're going to merge them or whatever, but they're going to run them run them together maybe merge the warehouses right. have two separate websites and they're having a big clearance sale things are up to 80% off I what? Went, what I started browsing through <laughs> everyone found, whips out their phones <laughs> I, I found a jacket for like a ADV jacket for like 35 bucks 80% off you got cigar I found bottle. pants I found gloves I found boots I'm putting everything in the car everything in the car I'm like what oh my gosh right and sold out I go at the end to pay and I go click on cart and it's empty so they have a website, and it says big sale till, like, December 1st, and all the items are there to view, but nothing will stay in your shopping cart. So the site is disabled. And I'm guessing mm-hmm. because all that inventory is being rolled into the Chapter 11, they can't sell anything off right now, or certainly they can't sell anything so off. So that's a sign of a, something happening. Right. Yeah. It, but it doesn't necessarily. It's it's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing for us because we can't buy hundred dollar mm-hmm. pants for twenty bucks. Right. But it's if you have a, a pair of pants that's worth a hundred bucks, it's a hundred dollars worth of assets for right. your company. Once you've sold them for twenty bucks, they're gone. But whether you've got the pants in stock or you've got the $100 in the bank, it's the same asset for your company. And the whole Chapter 11 thing is that's all getting rolled into this. What's going to end up happening is as consumers, we're actually going to be in a stronger position. Because what they're going to do is they're going to lean down the company. And I want to talk a a little about the way these companies are structured. Mm -hmm. But the idea is by the beginning of 2018, so... Usually in the motorcycle industry, there's an uptick around February. Yes. By February 2018, when things start moving up for the spring, they're aiming to have um, new owners in place. And new owners are the owners of the company. These aren't motorcycling people. These are just investors. And it's probably not even... Well, I know for a fact it's not a single person. It's a consortium. You know, the kind of people who own these companies, it's... You know, CalPERS and, you know, the big... They're money people. They're money Mm -hmm. people. They make financial products. But it doesn't affect the companies themselves. It'll have a new board of directors as well. And that's that's what'll happen at the end of it. There'll be a new board of directors. There'll be new owners. A couple of the more weak companies may fall by the wayside. We'll see. But why is this happening? They are citing that it's just a down... The motorcycle industry is down. And it's down in a big way. Um, 
let me just say, so I had a theory. Yes. Bagel has a theory, and then Emma had a theory. Yes. I just want to throw these all out. Well, so no, th- none of these are bad theories. No, They're right. all decent sure. theories. So my theory was, I don't get it. We know that um, bike sales are down. Yes. But there's a, as many riders as ever. So people are either keep holding on to their bikes or they're buying used bikes more often. When somebody can't afford a new bike... They're, it seems to me they're more likely than to put new bars or a new seat on it. Something small. I can't afford a new bike. I'm not going to go into debt on a new bike, but I'll throw new foot pegs or something on there. Maybe it's our fault. So I would think that accessory <laughs> sales would go up when bike sales are down. Bagels theory. Well, I, I look at it a little bit differently. I see it more as a sort of a cascading waterfall sort of situation where if you have somebody who has got lots of money and wants to spend it on a new bike, they'll spend it on a new bike. If they don't have as much money, then they might spend their money on fixing up an old bike. If they don't have the money to, to, to take the old bike to, to the mechanic, they might do it themselves, uh, but then as that, you know, as the wallets get tighter and tighter, as you keep going down that waterfall, people just don't have the money to, to work on bikes and buy accessories and stuff, and they're just all, all their money is is being put into just keeping the bike running, if at all. And some people are probably not even riding because of the uh, just the the financial squeeze that they're in these days. Is that considered trickle down bike economics? Uh, it's kind of trickle down. Uh, <laughs> uh, non, trickle down non bike economics because <laughs> you know brokenomics. Yeah, right. Yeah, and poverty rolls downhill. Emma, right? what did you think about well, that? To a certain extent, I agree, but I'm seeing a more fundamental shift in the industry. If we start with a consumer, so let's take Bagel as an example. Bagel drags his handsome face to the motorcycle store, it could be Monterey Peninsula Passports, waddles upstairs to the parts department with dollars in his hand, and he wants to buy an accessory for his bike. Uh-huh. Bling, bling. He buys it from the, the accessory clerk, who is under the parts manager, who is under the shop manager who is under the shop owner. Mm-hmm. Now that's just the shop. The part itself is serviced by the area rep who is under the regional rep who's under the national rep who's under the international rep who's under the distributor who's under the manufacturer and so on and so forth. There's this huge chain of personnel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reality is, if Bagel has got a hundred bucks in his pocket and he wants to buy an accessory, the motorcycle shop is just one option now. You're going to go to Amazon. You're going to go to eBay. You're going to go anywhere. And we all say, no, we want to support our local business. The reality is, if you can get it five bucks cheaper on eBay or five bucks cheaper on Amazon, you're going to buy it there. Yeah, especially if it's a mm. motorcycle part where it's a non mission critical part like I don't need it tomorrow well you know, it, like. but let let's go to a Vance and Heinz four into one yeah Vance and Heinz four into one for a Suzuki GS 1000 is 399 bucks and 99 cents that's the retail on it yeah if you buy it from a California dealer so if you walk into Monterey Peninsula passports and order your Vance and Heinz 399.99 it's going to cost you that plus sales tax which is whatever I think it's eight 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 and a tiny bit in Monterey. Eight, and nine, ten percent. You know. And that's what it's <laughs> going to end up costing you. If you go on Amazon, 
And uh, has anybody got their phone going now? We'll see how much they are on Amazon. But I would put money. It's about 350 bucks. Plus, you can get free shipping. Plus, if you buy it out of state, they're not... Everyone's meant to put California sales tax, tax on for a California address. I buy a ton of stuff off of eBay, and yeah. you don't always get taxed. So you've immediately saved 10% straight away. But it doesn't matter where you're buying it from. Vance and Hines is still selling a set of pipes. So but we're talking about happening. the distributor, but all the, all the staff that have gone between the manufacturer or the distributor in that case and you have been taken away and so the industry is changing yeah you know yep. um it's the whole newspaper thing i know there's still a market for newspapers but it's very different to the one before we all got our news off the interwebs Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of middlemen being cut out. It seems like that's how the industry is. So that's part of what this whole bankruptcy restructuring is. And I think Thank you, what Amazon. we're going to see, they sell to Amazon too. I'm sure they do, hmm. but it's restructuring. Everybody is restructuring hmm. and reposturing. I know for a fact that sales are down. When I think about my own experience with motorcycling in America, when I was fresh off the boat in '94. There's two events that I haven't missed a single event since I've been here. And the first is the Clubman Show in San Jose, which mm-hmm. is now defunct. Mm-hmm. And the second is the San Luis Obispo Toys for Tots run, which mm-hmm. is the first weekend in December. And this year, actually, is going to be the first one I'm going to miss it. But, oh well. Both of those events in the mid-90s were giant. Absolutely giant. The San Luis Obispo Toys for Tots run, you were talking thousands of bikes across the spectrum yeah sure you had harleys there was always a harley centric run toy runs tend to be the giant british contingent giant sport bike contingent giant japanese cruiser contingent so this is the mid 90s so the selection was pretty much the same as we got now you know you could still buy honda fireblades and cbr 600s in the mid 90s yep mm-hmm. and they were all represented well, and the, and the economy around here was booming. I mean, right. money money was falling from the sky. Here right, in the exactly. 90s. So you'd go on the Toys for Tots run, and there were thousands of bikes. It was jumping. The last couple of runs I've been on, it was a tenth of that number. One thing I will say, um, this is a good statistic, and uh, California yes. knows how to party. Has the most bike sales. (laughs) Yes. Has the most riders. So it's not our fault. That's all I want to say. It's just not our fault. We have the best weather. Well, no, is that prorated, though? Because because California is one of the most populous states in the Union. Is it most riders per per? Like per I don't think it per is. Population. I think like we per capita or per capita. I think we're quite well down on the list, but we're such hmm. a popular state. Yeah. But the second, it was going to say the Clubman Show, and the Clubman Show is different because it's a very specialty niche. The Clubman Show has been all about vintage British bikes. They flirted with vintage Japanese and European bikes for a while, but it's it's basically a vintage British bike show. Like and back in the mid nineties, again, it was a giant show. Mm-hmm. A giant show. And the last last couple I attended, it was lean. It was... The people coming to view the bikes were lean and the actual displays were lean themselves. So y- there is a decline. You cannot avoid... It's a decline. Whether it's to do with people losing interest, whether it's to do with an aging population. I think if you're dealing with vintage bikes, an aging population is a crucial factor. 20 years ago when I was going to the Clubman show, a lot of the 
the owners of bikes were old then. Mm. So I know they've shuffled off their mortal coil now, but yeah. the Toys for Tots run, that's just... So basically we're saying don't panic yet. Not yet. Not yet. But you can think about it. Meanwhile, <laughs> in, in Europe, we're always late regarding the United States. And for the past five years, the, the sales of motorcycles and motorcycles accessories have been up 4% per year. So yeah, voilà. we're wow. keeping on. Mm-hmm. But, it's, you know, it's very different riding in Europe. I've said this before many times on this podcast. In America, the motorcycling, whether you choose to commute on it or not, the motorcycling industry is regarded as recreational vehicles. Oh, yes, yeah, it's yeah. different in Europe. Well, also Everything is smaller. Unfortunate. Well, and the other thing in Europe, I mean, just look at like MotoGP, for example. You, you go to a large sporting event in America, it's like, I don't, I'm not even really sure, 70,000, sure. 80,000 people, right, at a game. But you go to MotoGP in Europe, and it's not uncommon to have 100,000, 120,000 oh, fans at a motorcycle race. Hey, Doug and Kat have to leave. Goodbye. Bye. 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 I hope your rain suit is good because it sounds like it's pouring out. Bye, Doug and Garbage Kat. bag. It's and my rain suit. This will bring a smile to Segalane's face. You know, early in my motorcycling career in the late 70s and early 80s, it was all about going to the Baldor. Oui, le Baldor. At the Paul Ricard circuit. And that was a 24 hour party. It oh is marvelous. Nice. 100,000 people easily. And the other thing about Europe, of course, uh, Jim, is. The, the uh, we've got these accents. I love them all. So <laughs> I love yours until I met Segalane, and uh, I love oh, them both. No, hers is better now. So there is one way everyone can help the accessory company. Yes, I do. It's you know what? It's coming up Christmas, and I think it's time it's to start thinking about stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming, and so Emma's if you were fat. gonna stuff knock sock, yeah. what would you stuff it with? That's what I want to know. Stuff it <laughs> gently, and then aggressively, <laughs> and then gently again if, with spit. If I, ever uh, a man <laughs> had a sock that needed stuffing, that man is knock. Oh, yes. <laughs> Quite so, sick. Um, you have I sick minds. I want Quite everyone horrible. to go around and talk about either you know what they think is a good gift that they would give or something that maybe they're hoping will end up in their stocking and i'm just going to start by saying this is something i want i've been throwing it out to the world evil knievel socks (laughs) you've been throwing out that a lot Uh every time i see you hey well because sarah said you know i got some new evil knievel socks aren't they cool and i saw them like oh cool then i started shopping online (laughs) oh boy there's a whole bunch of them. Are those now, the- who who benefits from his estate now? Oh, I don't know. The Knievels. Oh. Did they have to be born? He's got kids. Are those socks made of uh, 100% pure uh, gambling debts? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, probably, they're probably made out of Nomex. There's, yeah. a, there's a website called stance.com. Um, hint, hint. They are $18 How do you spell a pair. That? S-T-A-N-C-E. Right. Okay. But if you type in Evil Knievel Socks, there's a bunch of different styles. I couldn't even... Pay. I was going to buy some for myself and I couldn't decide. <laughs> like Pokemon <laughs> cards or something? You. Can you trade them? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm. Another thing I want to share with because I used this yesterday for anyone who's oh, a dirt biker or I guess you can use this on upside down forks you can anything, use it all right? kinds of forks oh yeah there's a great little tool that a lot of people even don't know that it exists and it's called the seal mate s-e-a-l seal mate <laughs> 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 
So what this does is it's um it's a it's a flat piece of plastic basically with a little curly Q hook at the end and it's used for cleaning out your fork seals. A lot of times when your fork seals are leaking, mm. it's because there's debris has gotten down in there. It happens especially with dirt bikers. And you don't always have to replace these seals. All you do is you squeeze this down in between the fork tube and the the fork seals Swipe and it'll, it'll yeah, it'll clean out any dirt. And obviously Liza uses only that and nothing else to maintain her bicycle, her motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> now, well do said. That. Um, does yeah. that tool work well on dislocated thumbs as well? Yeah. Yes. So Sealmate, I found them online like eight thirty nine. Great little Perfect. stocking wow. stuffer. Cool. Nice. Bagel. What what are you gonna stuff knock sock with? Well, I think the perfect stocking stuffer for any motorcycle rider is heated grips. <gasps> and yes, there, tis there the are, season. Yes, there are many kits that you can buy out there that you can just put onto your your own bike with your own factory grips. Just take off your grips, put these little strips on there that that heat up when you hook them up to the battery and put a switch on there, and they make uh, ri winter riding much much more bearable. Mm -hmm. uh, they make nighttime riding much more bearable. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. for the month and a half we need them, they come in real handy. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, what what are you going to put in your sock? <laughs> Were you looking at porn? <laughs> Actually, I was literally on a subreddit called Whiskey Porn, so... so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I actually am uh, planning on treating myself to uh, marine spec reflective tape to put all over the back of my bag so I look like yeah. a, so I look like a car. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good. And idea. maybe uh, yeah, basically on every edge of my bike that I can reasonably put it on because it'll light me right up. The thing um, I really like about some of this tape you can find if you have like black side cases it looks black during the it day. It does. I already yeah. have You don't some even see it. The black uh, tape, some yeah. of my bags came with that on I'm it and yeah it, it doesn't light up quite as bright but you sure do notice it and it, mm -hmm. yeah it just looks like a sort of shiny black mm -hmm. sort of sort of sparkly metallic black sticker and then it lights up at night. Good call. Well, yeah. and, and what, I, what was that word? You but I'm going to get the silver stuff. Which one? How did you describe it look during the day? Did you say it looked whack? Black. Oh, black. <laughs> they call her black. <laughs> black yeah. is whack. But yeah, wow, if you have care? a black bike, they do make black yeah. reflective tape. Yeah, that's yeah. very good. And it's pretty convincing. It's it's dark charcoal. Yeah, yeah. so it's not like you have to put yellow tape all over your bike. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Very good. But I was going to say, if you do it right, you can make your bike look like a Tron bike at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, I'm one of those people who would just love to string LEDs all over their bike just for oh the hell of it. Oh, God. Like, it I want to put the little flashy things on my air. Air, air caps. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, actually, I, I actually want to do those, even though I, I know do. they're trashy, but yeah. I want oh, yeah, it. They are. Actually, because you know what, I ride over seventeen at five a.m. like three days a week. So, but I, I would I also I would also advise against using those things because the, depending on the clearance of your wheel, they may hit uh, brake uh, uh, brake calipers and things and knock your valve stem off, or just get ripped off by the the, the force have a side, a of side. the weight. No, it just goes. That's unlikely on my bike. But that's well, good to know. Yeah, I've heard of people. Be careful. Be careful, so. Charlie. If you ride dirt, dirt clubs and jerseys are very, very affordable. I know when we were when we were hanging out, uh, I'm like, hey girls, let's go in and sh and go shopping because I like looking at all the socks and gloves in there. Hey, we were shopping and, um, with Liza. <laughs> like ba base layers are also pretty affordable, and you could always use another base layer or whatever, whether it be a cool out gear or heated gear or whatever. 
That's a good one. Um, I have another one. A subscription to any motorcycle magazine. Mm -hmm. It's amazing Mm -hmm. how cheap they've gotten now. It is. Roadrunner. That or if you've noticed uh, Motorcyclist Magazine, they change their format. So they're coming out every other month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the articles are like really good. The photography is excellent. So, uh, yeah. I would say Motorcyclist Magazine is great. Do you know who they're competing with now? Us podcasts, oh, right. you know, it's, yeah. it's the whole changing of the industry. It's the yeah. same as I was saying. People are getting their news online now. Mm-hmm. I thought of a thing, Calstar. Oh yeah, uh, I, my girlfriend and I are actually getting each other Calstar for. Uh, Christmas. For those who don't know, Calstar is our or life flight insurance. Air med care. It actually We've covers that before. Yeah, it covers it like over thirty states now. Yeah, life like I could insurance. ride from here to the East Coast, and only Utah would. It's be important covered. for us here, especially because we have mountain ranges, and you're separated from trauma centers. Yeah, yeah, yep. and we're so, old no, and break you, easy. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a trauma center in Santa Cruz, you get life flighted. Yeah, there, there isn't, isn't a trauma in center. Cruz. I know. Like even if you're in a car, everybody should yeah. have it. It's Stupid! It's sixty-five bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, if the you use helicopter it once, flies like fifty grand. Yeah. If you use yeah, it yeah. once, that's cheaper than paying for it for yeah. your whole life, and yep. it covers people in your household. So One not- membership covers your household. Yeah. Uh, Balaclava. Get Calstar. Say, okay, hold on. Say is it again. that the dessert? I don't yeah. think you no. say it the same way yes, twice. It's the I dessert. Say it again. It's called balaclava. So balaclava. <laughs> you say it different every time. I swear. It's a balaclava. There you just said it three it's different like, times. It's, it's a, a balaclava, but you smear it with honey. You're right. <laughs> and you dip it in a thing of coffee or tea. It's delicious. You are a avid balaclava wearer. It's great because it keeps you uh, warm. It cuts the noise down a little, and uh, it makes your keeps your liner fresh. So, helmet for first. those who don't know what it is, it's don't basically a ninja them. mask. Yeah, <laughs> basically a fucking dude. Ninja I, w- mask. I wear one every day when I commute. It shits money. It like if that little space between your jacket collar yeah. and, your, and your helmet, you cover that up a little bit. You're oh, fucking yeah. golden. You get ones that are go- that go down to your chest and you know cover your back a little bit, or just the ones that are uh, uh, that just cover your neck. Um, they yeah. make a big difference. They make it a big difference. Not, I, I how like many? How expensive have? are they? Uh, anywhere between for like eleven dollars to thirty-five. I get the ones that are a little yeah. more spendy because they tend to last longer. You know, they spend a little bit more on it, but they last. Cycle longer. Cycle Gear always has them on sale this time of year for like fifteen bucks. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty reasonable. Yeah. I have a Chanel one. It's a bit more expensive. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Is it like Merino wool? No, darling, mine's Lacroix. Lacroix. Uh, <laughs> all right. So and uh, gonna, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. Got another? Go for it. Tire plug kit. Yes. For anybody, if it's <laughs> not for you, it's for a friend because uh, a lot of people ride. Also known, you got a flat a, also known as a urethral sound kit. Yeah, it's nice and... God, that sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you like the, you use the reamer, you know? It's all <laughs> spiky. Yeah. No, get yourself, uh, yourself or a friend of yours a tire plug kit. <laughs> Uh, With the CO2 cartridge, right? No, I prefer no? I prefer a small bicycle pump because the small handheld ones will pump to. Uh, shut up! They're so much easier to carry. <laughs> They're so much easier to carry. They can pump up to. After you plug PS- them, and they can pump up to 100 psi, uh, especially for the uh, 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 road bike kits. Um, I would yeah. say um, if you're planning on giving somebody a plug tire plug kit, that you should probably throw in the Evil Clean Evil socks with it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Just go. to and jazz that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for those 
of you who don't know what sounding is, don't Google it. <laughs> yeah. no, or do, because right. it might be your thing. You don't know, man. I'm just saying. Second are you in. into pain? What, what are you going to stuff in the sack? So I like stuffing sacks, and I'm still not very familiar with the area around here, and I get lost a bit. So I use my telephone as a GPS quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But I also am careful about my safety and always use gloves. And sometimes you cannot do touchscreen oh, yeah. with gloves. So mm-hmm. there is a very neat uh, little uh, accessory, which is quite cheap. You can get two for ten bucks, and it's called the glove tax. It's just uh, I have it. There's one over there. All right. So there are just ultra thin connective stickers that you put on the index mm-hmm. and thumb fingers, and uh, they are ready to use. Uh, I found them. They are. They, you can buy them pretty much anywhere. But I found them on motorcyclistonline.com, and they're I quite handy. Nice. <laughs> hey. Good, good one. Oh, that's a good one for Liza. Liza's all about one. that. I, I have them I have on my gloves. It's so she can text while she's riding. I've never yeah. had a problem oh, using a touchscreen with gloves on. Good, good one. Well, you Maybe you gloves. have the gloves that have the the tips. No, they when fell he, off and it still worked. Mm. When you get a little sweat in them, they, they work. Yeah, leather probably does. Yeah. Huh. Emma. Okay. Cool. What, so what do you? I know you got a lot. Oh, I got a couple, yeah. but I got one for me and I got one. Is for it? Knock. Is it pearls? Always. Yes. No. So for knock. Yes. For dear knock. Well, no, because. We're all grown up, but we're all still kids at heart. For sure. And we're lucky because in California we can ride our bikes every day of the year. Yep. Even if it's rain, even if it's cold. But, you know, if we lived on the East Coast, you ain't riding your bike. I did. Generally. Well, I know. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Having a little die-cast motorbike come out of your stocking is so cool. I love them. That a little toy. Do, a little motorcycle toy. You Liza can can't do, talk against that one. <laughs> you can do, never underestimate, desktop MotoGP. It's oh, a great yeah. way to waste time. Mm-hmm. But the more practical present. And it was th- it's just something very similar to Segalane. Back home in England, we know rain. Mm-hmm. And when your visor gets messed up with rain we used to have this thing and I don't even know you can still get them anymore called a V-wipe and it's Mm -hmm. a soft silicon blade Mm -hmm. you put on the forefinger of your glove the cheapest chips the very very soft that's something bikers always don't think to buy for themselves right buy yourself a V-wipe it's great in fog because you know when I ride home at night even in the summertime, it's foggy and the visor gets fogged up. Very soft silicon. It's just like a little wiper blade and it goes on your forefinger. And I just wanted to go back and say if you are thinking of getting a little die cast model, my favorite brands hmm. are Mini Champs and Giloy. Well, Mini Champs if you can afford them. But well, um, there's yeah. a great company called Diecast Direct. So if anybody's looking to buy. If you want uh, the cheap stuff. Yeah, I think they do across the range. But yeah, I, I have a lot of the Giloy ones. 12th uh, models. They're beautiful. Yes, and yes. the mini champs. Uh, yeah, if you're going to get it as a gift, get something nice. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Like Liza seems to have about 200 in this room. I have a thousand total. Are they all wow. in this room? But no. I think uh, the point I was making, many in story even though awesome. we're all grown up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting a little die-cast motorbike in your Christmas stocking, it's great. It's you. I got one of these. <laughs> oh, so you mean you can't ride it? You just got to put it on the shelf? No. <laughs> oh. Desktop GP. Okay. My girlfriend got me a little like leather motorcycle on a keychain from Chinatown. It's like my favorite thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, Sonia. It's a little pricey, but it's very worth it. The transition 
face shield. Oh yeah, mm. mm-hmm. it is wonderful. It's my this is a, favorite bill accessory. You can get them almost for any. Okay, yeah, I know you can get a, it for the Shui because I've been mm-hmm. looking for one for her. It's usually, it's, it's either a pin lock insert or you just get the visor version, right? Right. Or, yeah. So it comes as a pin lock. Yeah, for some models. Uh, for okay, some cool. of them. Yeah. All right. Mm. But it's real nice, especially around here when we're going through the mountains and you're hitting sun, shade, sun, shade. Yeah. They're very uh, responsive. Oh, I've thought about wow. that. Yeah, I've thought about that. I very didn't you How does those though. work? Photochrome Just like lenses. The, yeah. the glasses. You Just like the glasses. Science, yeah. son. A UV, it's UV activated, essentially. Okay. And it just gets darker. And it gets darker. Yeah. UV, yeah. Wow. All right, Sid. What, oh, what and a tire gauge. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's always a good one. Because some people forget to check their tire pressure. <laughs> get one of the uh. ones with the hose. Like, 20 bucks Motion Pro, get the one with yeah. the hose. Yep. Not the little stick ones, because a lot of people can't fit that. So many things I and, want to yeah. know. And the stick, I know, ga- I know, right? <laughs> the stick gauges are notoriously inaccurate, No, too. spend like 20 to $30 on a tire gauge, and it'll be great. Yep. All right, Sid. What are you hoping to get for Christmas? I, I need new sliders. Self burn. That's awesome. I might I might have a little bit of a shredded set of sliders, so maybe some nice metal ones that'll be another different color of blue on my bike because it's just it's a collection of colors now. <laughs> I think I still have some of like, cat's skateboard wheels in the back of Jake's truck. <laughs> Actually with all her crash we can pass on. All right, Jim. So I'm definitely What's gonna. I'm not gonna stuff the Knox stocking with what I stuffed <laughs> it with last year because mm-hmm. it changed our relationship. Still lose the yeah, it changed our relationship. No, but what I will be slipping in uh, to Knox stocking is a uh, AMA membership gift card. <gasps> nice. And I would that like, was on my list. Too. Uh, I thought you were gonna yeah. steal it from me. Yeah. And uh, but no, I think I think there's no greater gift to give for a motorcyclist is a membership to the American Motorcycle Association. And we were talking about this earlier, and I think the number one reason, besides AMA Vintage Days, which is awesome, um, is the fact they are the lobbying group in Washington. And if you don't have a lobbying group in Washington, you basically don't exist. So as far as keeping dirt dirt biking open, you know, keeping desert riding open, um, you know, racing for that matter, Laguna Seca is under assault because of noise and shit like that. That. So, you know, I think the AMA does a lot of good work. And, and, and how much is that membership a year? Uh, I think it's forty bucks. Forty nine. Don't you get a Don't you get a tow too? You get an AMA tow that gives. You I like have 40 used miles the AMA tow. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. She, and Sheila in Texas has used it. Yeah. yeah what, what I'll say about the tow is they they bring a flatbed. They're prepared to tow a motorcycle, and they're cool about the whole thing. Yep. And I think are you saying they're cool if you accidentally have a car? They are too. Yes, they will carry. They will tow your car as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think you have to sign up for an auto renew in your credit card to get the, the roadside coverage or something like that. But but when you sign up, it'll it'll tell you the. Well, you details. should. I mean, you should, there's no reason really not to. Yeah, sign it's up totally for the auto renewal it. if you're not. It's totally worth it. Right. So anyway, I thought that was cool. So then, lastly, I think what <laughs> nobody can live without and. Anyone in this room, you should do this right away. Are these bejeweled, oh, yeah. bejeweled uh, grips? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I think the best thing to do is get swag. Our swag from Zazzle.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Custom. What's the latest but swag? Here's the thing. Um, they have periodic different sales on different stuff. Today, while we're recording, 
they've got mugs on sale sixty percent off. What? So what's the, on what's on those mugs? The like? motosexual <laughs> mug with Emma on it that's normally it's <laughs> normally sixteen ninety five is on sale for six seventy eight. Hey. The naked so, gym mug never goes on sale. Never goes on sale. Uh, never goes on no, sale. Um, no, I'm thinking about a limited edition um, motosexual mug, and you know, I, I, I require feedback, but if we could do a limited edition one where when the hot liquid goes inside the mug, my top disappears. Oh my. Oh my. Mother of God. Please, <laughs> please no. Oh my. You know you'd love it, Knock. I'd order like 10 of them. I know. <laughs> so, um. I just want to grip Jim by the handle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or hey, uh, we can do the same thing on, on my name is maybe the, the, the maybe the censored logo will but fade away. Will fade um, away. <laughs> since I mentioned it last week, a lot of people have been going over to Zazzle, and we've had a lot of t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs selling. Selling, and the thing is uh, to check the site because they have great sales. I don't determine it. We really don't make money on it, but Zazzle has sales, and you can get good deals on our and swag, and you can totally customize and it. And darling, I'm the best stocking stuffer of all. Indeed. Mm. You know? Who wouldn't want a mug with me on it? Mm. <laughs> or a t-shirt. So <laughs> Knock, why are you looking awkward all of a sudden? Eh? Yeah, well, you know, that's just my natural state of being, man. <laughs> <laughs> Always awkward. So, the next thing I wanted to cover... Yeah. What do we got, Liza? You know, many of us have multiple bikes here. Oh, here we mm-hmm. go. Personalities. Um, exactly. They're just personalities. Some have bikes that aren't running. Some are greatly outnumbered by those running bikes. <coughs> Bagel. <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some just keep buying the same bike over and over, <coughs> Isaac. I got two of them. (laughs) It's called redundancy. And uh, some just keep buying new bike for I don't know what reason because and not selling the old bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Knock, you've you've kept it sort of under control. You've kept it at three. You're pretty good at that. I'm pretty good. Charlie keeps buying new bikes. He bought like. I bought two in one weekend. It was awesome. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie's a drunken sailor, yeah. man. But, well, I was planning on buying the one, and I had the money set away for like two months, two. and it was in Sacramento, and it just happened it to just work happened. out that way. Um, I myself have nine bikes, and um, you know, I live by a rule. There's rules you put in place for bikeaholics, so... <laughs> Um, I just want to say hi. My name is Liza, and I am a bikeaholic. Hi, Liza. Hi, Liza. Hi, Liza. Hi. And there are rules that I live by to help me control the urges to get more and more bikes. Um, One of my main rules is every bike has to do a different thing or serve a different purpose. The three scooters don't count. (laughs) They, they just want, you know. One is like for two groceries. Like one, one is for one murdering was, your friends. One is the one is the shop bike the for doing for student your stuff. Didn't you get them in like a twin pack or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kirkland special. <laughs> Plus, they were really cheap. Um, but uh, you know, I like to have bikes that do different things. Not counting my custom bikes, but all the custom bikes are completely different. And I have, yes, I have two dirt bikes. But one is a plated dirt bike that and I can use around town and on. Rides like the Sheet Iron 300. And then you have a proper dirt bike. And a proper dirt bike. I've tried to stay in control, and I actually got rid of a lot of my project bikes. Um, 
but I recognize the signs in one of our fellow members, hmm. and I'm concerned. <laughs> we all are, darling. <laughs> and when you hear words like, but I need it. <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a primal need. Um, when you, you hear guys them need say sex, things, I just need a motorcycle. When you hear them say things like, well, or, I'll just get rid or, of my car. <laughs> oh, no. I told her that she needed to get rid of the cars. <laughs> and and just get another bike. So, I said that's Sonia, okay. why don't you introduce yourself and are you ready to admit anything yet? My name is Sonia, and no. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Sonia. I, I have to defend myself. They're, they're how many SVs have you logical. had? Denial is part of the phase. That's is the that, first that's number that's one, <laughs> denial. denial. Okay, um, Sonia, can you please tell us what motorcycles are in your garage right now? I have the V6, uh, FC6, but... Okay, that FC6, one, all right, I don't really ride that one. But yeah, okay. I have no excuses. Okay. Well, the what what really else mine. do you have? My daughter is allowed to ride. I have a, a Ninja 1000, uh-huh. 2015 okay, ABS. It is a wonderful bike. Um, all right, what else do you have? I have a SV650. Oh, good bike. It's a wonderful bike. What uh-huh. year is that one? Uh-huh. 650? It, uh-huh. No, it... it it's uh, a 17, but I had one before, yes, and I had a lot of emotional ties to it. Oh, sure. 2017, great. Good yeah. Bike. What else do you have? <laughs> and and I have my project bike that's not so much project anymore. It's getting much better. What is that? It's an SV1000S. Oh, <laughs> SV1000S. Wow, that sounds like a pretty full garage. I got you, four. That's you four. wouldn't be by any chance in the market for another bike, would you? You definitely. I kind of put a deposit on a Ducati Penangali V4. Okay. Okay. But okay. I didn't have one, and I've never had so <laughs> anything but Japanese bikes. So I I have to give it. Now a another thing. Congratulations on your recent purchase of a new house. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does alarm me when I hear you say things like, well, you know, houses are very expensive here in California. I just decided I'll work extra shifts to afford it. And then I'm also going to buy a Panigale. <laughs> <laughs> but give up the car. Mm-hmm. So give up the car. Yeah. I mean. Okay. So my rule of thumb is every bike has to have a different purpose. It seems to me that you have four bikes that are pretty similar. No, 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 no. The FC6 is kind of a Not tell me if you buy this. Touring. So it, the, the it's a much is mine. more comfortable. I'm not going to let her yeah. it back. Yeah. And the SV650 is very good for canyon carving. Mm-hmm. And the Ninja 1000 is very good for just being a dick and showing <laughs> off <laughs> and important. pissing off everybody mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. And um, the SV1000... Um, Mm-hmm. It, mm. It's it's mm. for when the 650 mm-hmm. can't get your rocks off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but I I might okay. make it into a track bike. Okay, but it's really wonderful. And the Panigale. That's the touring bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Panigale is 214 horsepower, and it's mm-hmm. only 430 pounds, mm-hmm. and it's got so much power that I, I that I really need it. How much? <laughs> 
see you actually don't know the worst of it the worst of it is that she keeps showing she's looking through her phone looking at facebook saying oh look there's another sv1000 for sale this one's black um, you should get it you should get it because i know you want that rc51 but maybe i should get it so oh, no. you didn't finish saying what is the purpose of the panigale that your other bikes aren't doing because it makes me wet. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it Italians, okay. exactly. It doesn't Japanese. I, I don't have yeah. a better excuse than that. It just makes me wet. Now, you went dirt biking <laughs> with us this reason. weekend? Yes. Did oh, yes. I, I, I also need some dual mm, sports. Mm-hmm. Need. Okay. Need. Some word, that word, isn't it? Need. need. Well, if I'm going to go dirt biking, I have I, I need to have a bike to do that. Would you say you have a None history of, the ones of that I impulsive have are purchases and poor, only, poor only control in this area? And furniture. I don't really have shit. <laughs> what do you mean furniture? We've had a, like a whole set of few years where you just like I need this furniture, and I'm like, Mom, need. There's that oh, word, need. word again. Isn't no, it? that was because I had a new house. Sonia, furniture. Yeah, when, mm. Sonia, uh, yes. are you willing to admit anything yet? I came here for support. <laughs> you guys were wonderful. Hello, Sonia. That you love motorcycles. I thought I found like mines, and now I feel attacked. Sonia. <laughs> this comes and from a place of love. Yeah, no, this is N plus one. Yeah. Yeah. N plus one. Yeah, there's some support. N's on the street. Bagel's got a motorcycle for sale outside <laughs> later. <laughs> I haven't but, seen it yet. What, so is it? Talking what is it? Me. What do you have for sale? <laughs> I'm curious why you need 200 and how many horsepower? Nobody needs that. People want 214 it. horsepower. What do MotoGP bikes make? Like oh, uh, 300 something. <laughs> We're like, like 550. Yeah. But she doesn't need it. She deserves it. Yay! There you go. There you go. That's a rationalization. I so dream about it. I think about it at work. I need it so that I. It's not. The Panigale is 26,000? Yes. That's All right, Charlie, how many track no. days and tires does 26,000 get you? A fuckload. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, here, let me do the math. 30 or 40. Wait, do you want just track days? I mean, all the expenses that come with track days. How much days. is a I track mean, day? If, you're, if, if you, you want to get into racing or going to the track, you can do easily spend 1000 a week. I'm going to do the math, track days. and I'm going to do a track day and set of tires, which set of well, tires mm-hmm. is over. Well, no, you've got, you've got to compare like with like, because mm-hmm. you start with the 26000 Now, the maintenance schedule, I've seen the maintenance yeah. schedule for that bike, and it's it's scary. The mm. maintenance schedule alone is going to run thousands Ooh. a year. You get about you could get about forty-seven track days if you buy a new set of tires every track day. There you go. That's twenty-six thousand is like twenty-six st eleven hundreds. So that's <laughs> I I've, I'm feeling you right now. Hmm. And well, yeah. so that's maybe four years of track days. You know what? Uh, sorry to be the one that's enabling you, but like, if, if you're going to put money on a motorcycle, that's the one to do it with. Thank you. No. I mean, no, it, I understand. And, I understand. And to be fair, in Sonia's defense, I mean, you do have a demanding job, but it's it, God, it's a lot of money, and I mean, it's it's a lot of money. Can we say what your job is, just in reference to what you're buying? <laughs> She's. I'm a we? trauma nurse. She's a trauma nurse. Yeah. 
So I'm very and familiar. And you're buying a Ducati Panigale. Yes. Hey, I would not mind having a Super Leggera, but that's that's just me. It's Super Leggera. I'm the nurse, <laughs> not the patient, <laughs> mind you. Most of the time. So far. <laughs> yeah. I want you to consider everything we've mentioned. And just think about it. <laughs> I thought you left me. We're here, <laughs> We're here for you. We're here for yeah, you. Yeah, no, this is, this is all from a place of love, darling. <laughs> now, I say that, but Segalene, how many bikes do you have? I've only ever had one. Not enough. Motorcycle. Not enough. One. <laughs> I'm just saying there is a balance in there. It's more than one. I don't like to cheat. That's how I am. <laughs> no. Mm, honestly, if you had, you know, a dirt bike... An ADV bike, a supermoto. I plan to have all a touring too. bike. I wouldn't be hassling you. That's my rule. If they all do ex- completely different things, <laughs> but they do. I told you. Oh, not, not really. <laughs> not really. Well, you know what? To be not fair, really. we're not here to get you to stop buying. We're just letting you know that we're, we got problems, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is really not like a real intervention. <laughs> we're just telling us oh, okay, we can't cool. get it to cut it to the golly. That's we, we, exactly. we'd, we'd stop you, but then we'd be hypocrites. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But they all, they're, all different, they're all different and engine types. the house that I just bought, the primary... Consideration was the garage. The garage. Yep. That's that's, that's a important. smart woman. Yes. And it has a I nice lo- workbench and I shelving, like and it's beautiful. She, nice. she figured All out right. a way to put that Ducati in her bedroom. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, there's a ramp that can go <laughs> in the house. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll tell you what. You know what you don't have in your garage? The Ducati. Uh, a petrified possum. <laughs> a uh, yeah, possum. I am fortunate. No, you don't have a scooter. <laughs> nope. And, you know, <laughs> Bagel here, he's going to... I love you, Bagel. Do he's going to make a but recommendation. But I don't want a scooter. Here's Do you the want thing. 260 Honda Elite? I could elites. recommend a scooter for you. Here's the thing. Scooters are fun. There's no reason not to own a scooter. And a lot of people own them. People have big touring bikes, Harleys. They'll also have a scooter. Scooters are a great source of fun and just transportation around town. I love just hopping on mine just to go pick up food or whatever. I'll do that rather than hop in a car all the time. Yeah, I always meet you at You can do that on a motorcycle? Yeah, but the scooter is just, it's fun. It's fun. Um, Bagel, if somebody wanted to get a scooter, could you recommend what would be a good kind of a starter scooter, something that would be an a, a, in addition to a big motorcycle, maybe? I, I certainly could. Um, in Sonia's case, I would recommend an Ital, an Italjet Dragster 180, uh, because I don't think anything less than that would, would uh, put a smile on your face. <laughs> um, but for the average person... What kind of horsepower does this have? I don't know off the hand, but it's, it's, it's uh, insanely fast. There's a reason why they call it the Dragster. <laughs> so, okay, I'm a, interested. It's a two-stroke 180. It's very, very fun. yes. Um, so, uh, but for for the average rider who wants to get into scooters, I have it. Uh, it depends on whether you want to get into vintage scooters or modern scooters. Uh, vintage scooters typically are manual shift and have a more classic styling and look, whereas modern scooters are typically automatic and will have a more modern styling. So, for the vintage bikes, I would recommend uh, anything from the Vespa P series, uh, which started with the P200 in 19. 19- 77. Uh, they've also made uh, P1000s, 
125s, uh, 150s, and there are different uh, versions that they've put out over the years, but they're all basically the same bike. And parts are incredibly available. Uh, they're the easiest vintage Vespas of all vintage Vespas to work on, um, and they're relatively inexpensive. Uh, they don't have quite the classic looks of the 60s and 70s Vespas, but they're still, you know, a classic-looking scooter, and they're a lot of fun to ride. Uh, the top speed's about 65 miles an hour, so you can take them on the freeway. Um, so for a vintage bike, that was that would be my recommendation now, for is, a first scooter. Is, that's a two-stroke bike. It is. Now, um, would that have oil injection or would be mixed with the gas? Yes. Uh, the P200s typically come with oil injection. Some, I think, were made without it. Uh, but they typically have oil injection and uh, electronic ignition as well, so you don't have to fiddle with points and, and things. Okay. And uh, they're very very easy to maintain. Um, and, and they look cool. Yeah. And they're, and they're a lot of fun to ride. Uh, for a modern scooter, uh, I would recommend, as a first bike, the, the Genuine Buddy. Uh, this is a Taiwanese bike that is sold in the U.S. under the Genuine Scooter Company brand uh, as the Buddy. Uh, they've made it in three different engine sizes, 125, 150, and 170, mm -hmm. uh, with the 170 having uh, fuel injection. Uh, the other two are carbureted. And these are fantastic bikes uh, right out of the box. Even the 125 is capable of 65 miles an hour. Um, that small of an engine size is not freeway legal in the United States, but you tip... You so you technically could ride it on the freeway, if not legally. Um, the 150 is freeway legal, uh, also tops out around 65 uh, with a little bit more grunt. Uh, it's got a little bit more torque uh, because of the uh, the bigger bore. Uh, but same same bike, uh, just in some slightly different colors. And then the 170, like I said, is the fuel-injected version, uh, which also has about the same sort of performance. And uh, they're they're very lightweight bikes. Uh, they also have a low seat height for shorter riders. Uh, they make make an excellent uh, an excellent choice. Um, they may not be the best choice for very large riders, like somebody who's six feet or taller probably wouldn't fit so well on a buddy. Um, someone someone in that size would probably be better off with a Vespa GTS. And as we know from Phil, they come in pink. Yes, they do come in pink. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yep. And so uh, you, you don't recommend Honda '80s Honda Elites? Um, there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, they are around, and I think you can still get some parts for them. Um, I've never been a, a fan of that particular styling, but they are good, solid, you know, well-running bikes, uh, like pretty much anything that Honda builds. So you know the thing I like about having it too. When I have guests come here, it's like I can just throw them on a scooter, mm -hmm. and I don't. I feel like that's fine. Uh, just go on out there. Here you go. <laughs> yep. I feel that way about my bike. Yeah. <laughs> but you know Anybody why? can ride them. I try to encourage people to join the crew. That's true. In but Bev's ride out, she would tell anyone, hey, do you want to try my uh, ninja here? Hey, do you want to try my ninja? Mm -hmm. Very. Uh, but you know, babe, yeah. I learned something. I didn't even realize Italjet made scooters. Oh, yeah. Yep. They, I don't know if they still do these days, but they did have did make a couple of models uh, over the last 10 to 15 years. And actually, Italjet mm -hmm. made one of my favorite all-time bikes. Yeah. Um, lovely beast called the Griffin. Hmm. So if you look up an Italjet Griffin, it's basically a 650 Triumph engine in an Italian frame. Wow. Mm. Wonderful thing. Interesting. Rare as hen's teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, they, they partnered with Jalera on the scooter lines, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Okay. I think they made their dragster as a Jalera model as well. Right. It's a really. It's not, not and Jalera, of course, are still going under the Piaggio Group. Oh but yeah. We we don't see them in the states. Yeah. But, um, but they're um, still there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the the uh, yeah the dragster is is not a very pretty looking bike. But it man, it is it is fast as hell. Right. 
super nice. light and super super peaky. So I have an email I'd like to read, and this is a good one. Mm-hmm. So we've got a few emails. Bagel, check your phone. I think I sent you one to read. All right. Um, this is from our friend Ted at the Motorcycle Men. Hey, hey, hey Ted. Ted. And Ted. I wanted just to give condolen- condolences to Ted, his his pet cat that he was very close with passed oh. this week. Oh, sorry, buddy. Sorry. And he's sorry. really bummed because this was a good one. Yeah. Oh, Ted. So, sorry, mate. But before that happened, he did send us an email I want to share. It says, hello, Liza, Misfits, Miss Emma, and the dead possum. Mm-hmm. Oh, he knows us. He really yep. knows us. <laughs> says, it's been a while since I've written in, so I felt it important that I do so and share my thoughts on your latest episode. Imagine a deep, dark cave with water dripping somewhere. Okay. That's where we're going. Hmm. He says, hats off to Reg Cottrell, our guest last week. By the way, Reg emailed us to let us know he sold a bunch of books after coming on our show. Well, this, yeah, is, right. this, is, is, this is what happens. Well, that's a good book. And they're all over America, too, and one in Canada. Yeah. yeah. He says, uh, us old farts need to stick together. Well, quite frankly, we have no choice because most of us are sticky anyway. Hmm. But I don't get <laughs> But I digress. My motto has long been, keep moving. Do not sit still ever, because as you reach 50 and beyond, you run the risk of getting paved over or find yourself under an oil rig. Mm -hmm. So all of you young punks under 50, take heed. Stay active and keep moving. However... Despite that, there will come a point in your life when your body will make more creaking noises than a 200-year-old house, and you're likely to end up with more replacement parts than one of Liza's pet project bikes. Nice. <laughs> Item number two. It's very articulate about that. Miss Emma. I'm sad to report that the PC-800 is terribly ugly to the point of vomit. There could Shots only fired. be three possible reasons for the production of this motorcycle. Right. <laughs> Number one, uh, was it an attempted joint venture between Honda and Toys R Us? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably oh, true. Roast night. Number two, could it have been an attempted joint venture between Honda and Tupperware? Yes. Yes. <laughs> or number three, this is the most likely, a gin-induced phone call from Emma to the Honda R&D department. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just warmed him. Not, not guilty. Not out of the nothing realm of possibilities. About, nothing about delivering ice cream. But. No. <laughs> Item number three. Yes. I love the Wave to All Bikers movie. It was well put together, wonderfully filmed, and the editing was impressive. Yay. The little girl giving the finger at the end was a nice touch. <laughs> I think the cat should have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to say something, though, because we talked about this when he called in about waving and Harleys and all that kind of shit. So when I was riding Segalades Harley and I'm cruising and we're in like Harley, Harleyville, I made a point not to wave to any Harley rider. <laughs> I was looking in the back mirror every time we would cross a Harley and I would I, is naked Jim going to wave? Uh-uh-uh, not a single time. Not once. That's awesome. If I had seen a scooter, I would have totally waved my ass off. <laughs> so he he awesome. finishes off, and this is where it gets really good. He says, I've started a GoFundMe campaign to raise money to come to Santa Cruz hey. so I can rent a Grom and lane split while handing out motorcycle men stickers on my way to one of your naked hooligan chariot dildo races. Hey. All right. Our fifth annual. Well, <sighs> You know, he doesn't need to rent a Grom because I'm going to lend him my Pacific Coast. Oh. <laughs> and 
We, I talked to the group. We're preparing to have a naked hooligan chariot dildo race. That, Very good. That, why not? That, Wait, why not? Do it. Naked chariot hooligan dildo race. Did I get all of them? So the chariot's naked gonna hooligan be naked. chariot dildo race. I think naked Isaac just volunteered. Again, it just says he knows us. He really knows us. Where do you us. put the dildo? The yeah. chariot is naked. Uh, it's right? for jousting. Use your imagination. Jousting. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah we'll, we'll definitely need a trauma nurse for that. What we decided <laughs> we should do is have the chariots going Rectal towards trauma. each other, holding the large ah. dildo and whack each other and try and knock them off the milk crate. Naked oh, chariot race would totally end in the trauma center. Yes. Yes. Well, so. we'll make sure that Sonia's We can do that. it on grass. Because she needs to work some extra shifts. <laughs> That's oh, right. shit. Why are these young men covered in penis marks and road rash? <laughs> anyway, thanks, Ted. And I hope you're feeling better. Sorry about your cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. condolences. Knock, uh, do you have an email there? Yes, I do. Hold on, let me get this. In. Oh, shit, sorry. God, I just smashed your fucking thumb. <laughs> <God. laughs> Hello, this is from <coughs> Kim and Chetty, uh, titled, it, it Lives Again. Hello, Misfits. I posted months ago on one of your social media that I was able to fire up a 1986 DR100. Well, it's oh. alive. Brakes work. Carb is clean. And it is rideable. The only issue is the lighting, but that's not really a concern at this time because uh, is this is being used as a as a trainer bike in the parking lot uh, over the holiday. Uh, as someone who is a trained mechanic, I hate to admit to one thing I did to fix the carb. Liza, this is right up your alley. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh, I gra- jets. Oh, it's gonna involve a drill. It involves a drill, doesn't it? I grabbed a very small 132nd drill bit and used it <laughs> on the pilot jet. Emma, I bet, is cringing and she's hearing it. Uh, in my defense, Jeez. it was last minute fix as the carb was missing the gent completely, and I had the one from the same side from a different Makuni carb. Uh, I did have one, but I, that was a long time ago. Uh, it worked though, even though it was not the best way to go. Uh, anyway, fits it works as long as it works. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and thank you, uh, thank you for the always enjoyable podcast and other content you put out, Kevin in Hot Yuma, Arizona. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, oh, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Yeah. One thirty second. That's still. That's a pretty big jet hole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, you hey. got it going, man. As long as you can, I guess, narrow, narrow down the adjustment screw enough. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bagel, you got one there. Yeah, I have an email from Danger Dan. Danger Dan. Hey, hey, hey. He hey. says, "Misfits." So I have listened to a handful of motorcycle-related podcasts. That's all that I could find, and y'all's by far is my favorite. Hey. hey. Hey, yes. All right. Suck it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Speaking from experience, I can say it's very impressive the way y'all can have so many people mic'd up and still conduct the show without talking or shouting. What? It's actually four people mic'd up and everybody else is on quaaludes. I'm trying to talk here. Penises. I'm trying to read an email. It's not Saul Rosenberg. And I lost my glasses. <laughs> My shoes fell off. <laughs> on your head. So uh, Dan continues, it seems as though I've heard a show with as many as 10 people mic'd up. I can't even bring three to four dudes in my shop before it turns into a yelling contest over the sound of beers getting cracked, dropped, <laughs> spilled into the mics. Uh, I've been going back and randomly picking old episodes to listen to while waiting on the new ones. And all the Harley bashing really cracks me up. 
the episode where you bring on the other guy from the the Motorcycle Men podcast was great. Anyway, anyhow, a couple questions. Number one, any specific specific any specific episode <laughs> any specific episodes I need to check out. And number two, my stable is all Harleys at the moment, but I would like to find a bike to ride down to South America on something reliable and budget friendly, something like a 1984 Nighthawk S is what I'm thinking. No. Any oh, input no. is greatly SV650. Plan is to ride down, <laughs> ride down, and then sell it when I get to the bottom. Get a dual sport. Africa. KLR650. Need you 250. Oh, okay, yeah, KLR650. KLR650. Multi fuel. All right, so that settles that one. Um, <laughs> and his first question was: any specific any specific episodes that he needs to check out? What do you all think? Oh, how many episodes shoot. have we done? I can't believe we've done that. Oh, many. Shoot, like that like one where we talked about the thing almost. that involved motorcycles. Yeah, the one we talked about that stuff. <laughs> the best um, episode by far is Emma, the original Spice Girl. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I would obviously recommend the uh, the Chickasan ones. Chickasan. Well, honestly, it, it, that just came out a couple weeks ago. I've listened to it three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look, there, there's been a number of people that have done trips like that and talk yeah. about the challenges and what you face and different bikes. So if you just go through them, there's, there's yeah, plenty there. have there. been any, some really cool guests. Yeah. I, would, I would recommend any of the Pakistan episodes with Moeen or the ones that we yeah. did on the Scootistan well, episode. Or even um, Craig Vetter yes. um, recovering from his uh, yeah, head that, injury. That, yeah. I mean, that was a good there's one. A, you yeah. know. There's so many, and you can go back to even to, to the early days to some of my Oprah moments when yeah. I was trying to, like, get into the meat of things um uh fate faith and superstition um <laughs> or um Oprah. sewing machine <laughs> yes. motorcycle or the, sex toy the yurdy bagman yeah. episodes yeah there's and, uh, let's not forget norman reedus too yes there's also yes. norman reedus yep. so um if you go to soundcloud.com motorcycles and misfits i actually put some of our our proudest podcast uh, there they're featured um, I think it's all in the design <laughs> the um, when we had Darren Cates who's the designer for the BMW GSA uh, I thought yeah. that that was really cool that was a good um, one. Craig Vetter there's uh, mm-hmm. just stories about people uh, doing jobs and making really cool stuff yeah, Ryan like. Corbin yeah there's a lot of good ones mm-hmm. um, Jim did you have an email to read I do have an email to read, and this. Can one, you read it without glasses? <sighs> From here, I can. Yes. <laughs> He's holding his arm out. So I got, we were watching MotoGP the other night, and I'm watching it, and then someone gave me a pair of their glasses to look at it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It said 3D all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so this is from Steve from Soda New York. Steve, Steve, Steve. Alan, Alan, oh. Steve. Oh, no, no, yeah, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> People handed me glasses. Good uh, what's happening? It's me. What's happening, fellow misfits? What's happening, Steve? What's a uh, fairly new listener here to the podcast in general, and must say that I love your podcast the best. It's funny how we only read those, huh? Like the 250 <laughs> ones where you guys suck. We never read. Funny. I heard about your podcast from the episode of Ride with Norman Reedus, but I didn't start listening until the guys at Cafe uh, Cafe Racer Podcast yeah. mentioned us. So shout oh, out to hey, Cafe thanks, Racer guys. Podcast. Thank you. Cool, man. I like to call myself an amateur bike builder in upstate New York, so sadly I had to put my bikes away for the winter. Mm-hmm. After, after listening to the show for the Desktop past few GP. months... 
I have begun to notice that Emma says that most bikes are very good bikes. So I'm curious what bikes are out there that she thinks are the worst bikes anyone can own. Oh, Thanks, and keep up the awesome podcast from Steve in Sotus, New York. There'll be a whole show. You know, Steve, I've always regarded that every single bike has got, if you look hard enough, every single bike's got value to it. Okay, this is diplomatic, Emma. Just Are you saying every bike's a special? I'm waiting for the accept. There is <laughs> yeah. an accept. It's but. it's really, really, really hard to love some of the stuff coming out of China, and I Ooh, know it's yeah. getting better, but yeah. it's very, very hard justifying somebody plonking down X thousand dollars on a bike. And yeah, I know it's half the price of the Japanese stuff, but having fail, having it fail on them before a thousand miles, you know. <sighs> Yeah, I'm. I try to be kind about these things, but you know, some of them, the the quality control is really, really choppy. But in answer to your question, Steve, I mean, all bikes have got value to them, even unspeakably ugly ones like mine. Okay, let me let <laughs> me ask you this. Let's bus. just narrow it down a little bit. From a manufacturer, <coughs> I'll say a Honda. What do you think is the worst bike that Honda has ever made, as far as maintenance, as far as reliability, uh, modern or old? 19 se- 1975, 1976 Honda CB500 twin. There you go. This that's a pretty shitty one. And it's it's just they should have known better. Yeah. That engine had been mm-hmm. around for a decade mm-hmm. before they brought that bike out. It was a long line of the 450s. The original Black Bomber from 1965. This was the first twin cam Honda. Mm-hmm. And so in 10 years, they should have learned something. And they just came out with this horror story. Okay. So it in itself, it is not a terrible bike. It's not a good bike. It's brown. <laughs> um, but it can be a horror Were show. they all brown? No, they were either brown or orange. But they all had brown Ugh. seats. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's they should have known better. All I right. think that's the argument. They should have known better. Okay, what about one from Suzuki? Same question, same criteria. You know, it's going to be a very similar bike, the, yeah. the GT500. And okay. the, again, it came from a long line. The T500 Cobras were really, really good bikes and really, really handsome bikes. Okay. And then they came out again in 75, 76 with the GT500. Right. And you kind of look at it and scratch your head, and it's like it's it's difficult to make sense of it. A lot of the, the, the real handsome chunkiness of the Cobras had been lost by then. You know, I've just alienated a ton of our listeners who've got oh, CB500s and GT500s. That's fine. Uh, but what these about, uh, aren't bad bikes. Yeah. Kawasaki. <sighs> because, I mean, this the guy learned this from the oh my from the uh, the Cappy Racer podcast, and these are kind of older bikes that people tend to chop in Cappy, okay. so if we could help people avoid that kind of, you know, KZ750 twin. Okay. And the best way to describe a KZ750 twin, imagine a pair of giant nostrils. (laughs) Now imagine them filled with snot. Yeah. (laughs) That sums that bike up. It's a 750 twin. Yeah. It should be a meaty-looking thing. And it looks a meaty-looking thing because it shares a lot of parts with the original Z1 and Z900. Okay. 
but it's just there, there was something that was lost in translation on that yeah. bike. Very rare misstep for Kawasaki because normally if it rolls off the line at Kawasaki, it's a winner. Yeah. And Yamaha. Maxim. Looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, the Maxim was rod, you know, the very, very first. Um, Actually, I hate to say it because I've got one in my garage, TX500. Mm-hmm. I hate to admit it because they're just so fucking handsome. Yeah. It is a gr- In my opinion, the TX500 is probably one of the most handsome bikes ever to come out of Japan. Oh. But it is a terrible bike. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So is that the one Is that the one I sold you for gin? Yep. So, but <laughs> let, me in, let me speak in that bike's defense. My friend, who did not know that right. you have to change oil, yes. <laughs> found that bike in the back of a garage in Maryland, threw a plate from a sh- Honda Shadow on it, and, and then it. rode it across country without changing the oil. I know. It's and it, it ran on, like, one cylinder from, from oh like, gosh. Wyoming to California and died on the Bay Bridge. Bridge, finally, and I know, and I think that's the. Exception and he was kickstarting it the whole way. That's the exception that proves the, um, that disproves the rule. But unfortunately, history. When you look back at the history of that bike, mm-hmm. they snap cam chains, they snap primary uh, balance chains, um, they hold cylinder heads, they crack pistons, they yeah. drop valves. Pretty much anything that can go wrong with an engine went wrong with those engines. And it's not the first misstep Yamaha have done. You know, Yamaha have got their finger in a lot of pies. Yeah, yeah. we all know they make pianos. Sure. But they develop a lot of en- factory performance engines for other people. Um, I think we talked about the Ford Taurus, the super high output. <laughs> That's right. That's got a Yamaha Demo engine in it. it. Yep. They did develop work on the um, some of the Toyota sports cars. They kind of push the envelope. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sure. The very, very early Yamaha 750 triples yeah. were terrible bikes. By the end of the production, when they, at the end of the 750s and when they became the 850s, they were genuinely great bikes. Yeah. But it took a long time to get there. Yeah. Uh, so across the board, largely the problem with those is just just old engineering and old yeah. materials engineering wasn't up to snuff as. But you'll notice that pretty much everything I've said there are bikes from the 70s. And it's not yeah. just because yeah. these are the bikes I know. Right. Bikes are getting better in general. Sure. You know, it's very, very diffi- difficult to walk into a showroom of, that sells Japanese bikes and buy a bad bike these days. For sure. sure. You know, mm. there are different bikes. But, um, but, yeah, Steve, all bikes have got value to them. Every single one. Um... I just had to ask, uh, how do you feel about the Yamaha Vision? Because apparently, it was not. The it was be- my first street bike. I love it the Vision. was awesome. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things. <laughs> I love going for a Vision. Yeah. The only thing that makes a Vision a bad bike, because it was a standalone model. It was only sold uh, two years. Two years, and oh, it was never a great seller. It's an impossible bike to keep on the road now. There are just there are simply no parts for visions, none. Well, in the eighties and nineties, it was a good bike. Now, because it was only a two-year bike, it wouldn't be a good. It was good a good bike. It wasn't a great bike. But, it no, was I a like good it. bike. 
I'll uh, I'll chuck one more under the bus that you see on Craigslist a lot, and I hate to do this because it was my first bike and I loved it. But uh, first generation Honda Magna and yeah. Sabers, mm-hmm. very poor oiling to the top. They're yep. super hard to work on, and if the carbs get out of sync, as it, like if you don't ride them at least once a month, you'll never get the carbs running again. Right. If you're getting into riding, you want something to work on. Do not get a first generation Honda V4. I'm going to share something right now, and I can share it because it's been a long time and it's Honda UK had a big problem with the early Honda V4s and they were clattering big time at the top and so they needed a fix quickly and they sent us a tool and the tool was a little tool that screwed into the end of the cam and you pulled the cam into the carrier at the top by turning a screw and then set your valve clearances and it was the only way you could you could quiet them up and it was a horrible botch hmm. but honda sent us the tool anyway just to shut the customers up yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean they were class three bikes um i have an email here yeah the final email and yeah, well, well, let's just get into this. It's from Sheila. Sheila in Texas. Hey, hey, hey Sheila. Hey, Sheila. Hey, hey Sheila. Sheila. Um, the title is "Not Waving at This Scooter." I think we can all agree not to wave at this scooter. Bagel, are you gonna mm. get on board? Well, or do you want to see what it is? Depends first? on this. All right, this, this is, is a, a scooter, and Sheila's a scooterist. This yes. is a scooter that you buy at. Best, Best Buy. Oh, God. Now. Bagel, you've been wanting an electric scooter. And this is an electric scooter real, for the masses. A real electric scooter. Um, Not I'm, a kid's toy. I'm trying to just... It looks like a fucking sex toy. It, right. looks like, <laughs> it really does. It really does. It looks so like one of those here's rabbit the deal. dildos. So Best Buy is offering an electric scooter. Now, for I will say... <laughs> yeah, and it's $2,000. Oh, hang That's on. That's insane. It, it comes in pink. <laughs> Just um, like the rabbit dildos. <laughs> it comes in pink. It comes in racing black. Ooh, racing. And <laughs> Bagel pointed out it reaches speeds up to 20 miles per hour. Up to. Up to, but not exceeding 20 miles it, per it, hour. What it does is it makes you race away from your dignity. <laughs> oh, oh, but wait, but wait. It has dual integrated water-resistant Bluetooth speakers. Woo. <laughs> For $2,000. Where? Wow. That's an expensive yeah. Bluetooth system. Do you need a license for it, so, though? Does it meet that category? No, it's a little electric no, scooter. No, that is so, a non-licensed vehicle. Okay, I'm going to read the description. Reach your destinations while avoiding heavy traffic with this OJO. Or is that 0J0? Oho. Oho. Ojo. Electric scooter. Its treaded riding deck and removable seat let you opt for a stable standing position when driving. So you can stand on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the wheels are smaller than the wheels on my hand truck. Right. right. <laughs> and, re- and it's rely it's disc brakes ensure a safe stop. <laughs> this Ojo electric scooter is bike lane friendly and has three speed settings to suit your pace. Ooh, speed. <laughs> lame, lame, and extra lame. <laughs> um, and it reaches, or you could put your feet down. It reaches speeds of up to twenty miles an hour. It's got it's got forty eight volts. 
all welded heavy gauge aluminium chassis. Okay. <coughs> um, so even though we made the movie about be kind and wave to all bikers, if you, are we all in agreement on this one? If anyone sees this you, on the road, you, you need to at to least have a license plate to get waved at. How about that? <laughs> okay, I think that's fair. Waving to this is like waving to a mo- mobility it's, scooter. It is a mobility it's scooter. A, yeah. It's like with no Bluetooth bicyclist. speakers. Uh, it's kind of cool because you do have to and balance I, yourself, uh, and it looks like you could get a compound fracture. It's it's like waving. To a little girl on a razor scooter, okay? okay. I don't know, but if we had totally gonna wave to a little girl on a razor scooter, but I would not wave at this shit. We're gonna see those things on the bike path, I guarantee it. I I would say if we had two of those things, it'd be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, we could joust. If you want to check it out, it's a OJO mobility scooter. OJO commuter commuter scooter. It's available on Best Buy. Take a look. It's almost like I should post that to our Facebook page, like a wanted poster. Say, do not wave. We must all stay oh together God. on this it's one. A, it's a so, commuter scooter if you need to commute two blocks. Hey, okay. Bagel, how, how do you only wave to things which have a plate and behind the vehicle? When you're a scooterist, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Liza, yeah. I know we're running real short of time. Yes. Um, we had an email coming last week, and I gave a wrong answer. <gasps> And it was the guy with the 103 cubic inch Harley. Uh-huh. And, well, I was kind of half right. Mm. And um, I told him he needed um, an ECU update. He does need an ECU update. This is a known problem for Harley-Davidson, but it's nothing to do with the timing. It was actually the valve compressors are not holding the front cylinder open. Hmm. And it was found by the police department. He's got an aftermarket ECU on it. What he has to do is he's got to go to that manufacturer, tell them that there is a Harley update, and go from there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I apologize for giving the wrong information, but I would like to give a shout-out to a very, very dear friend of mine, Rick Chastain. He works for Roughneck Harley-Davidson in Texas. I've known Rick for 20 years, since I was fresh off the boat. He's a thoroughly good guy, um, and... If I get Harley stuff wrong, which I sometimes do because I confess I'm not an expert, he will always set me right. <coughs> um, if you go onto YouTube, by the way, and check out the Roughneck Harley Davidson ads, you'll see Rick, and they are fucking hilarious. Where are they located? <laughs> um, somewhere in the middle of Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Plainsview or something. Gotcha. Rick, help me out, mate. But it's it's basically nowhere Texas. It's in the middle of Texas. Well, it's, yep. you know, Texas um, isn't that big. I mean, it's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> just a second but, just you know, just there um, but thanks for sending me straight Rick and if I get any more super technical Harley stuff I'm just going to send them to you there it is. Right. There you go. Hey, and uh, some more news. Um, Larry over at Creative Writing. Episode 100 is up. Hey, hey. Congratulations, buddy. And as Larry. I said, I am on it. You are. You call, you uh, do the I, phone I, in? I, I is. You, were you giving him shit? Uh-huh. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah, what well, else is new? You know, <laughs> and they made the mistake of having it on Skype with video. So then <laughs> I, I have to take, you know, attacks at their, their looks, too. I just can't help it. Oh. <laughs> that's no, not, no, I'm teasing. That's not no, nice. Um, congratulations, Larry, on your 100th episode. All of the motorcycle podcasts out there are, are all part of this community that we're all feeding into and, right. and getting the love back from. And we all appreciate what everyone is putting in and building up yeah. this uh, podcast community. Start your own podcast, man. Get a community going. Or well, no, don't go that yourself. far, Knock. Well, why not? <laughs> 
Why not? What, you think you can just pick up a mic and do this? That's what we did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if we can do it, hell. Exactly. Don't let them know it. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And, um, you know, it is getting to the end of the year. It's just making me be a little more retrospective of, like, all the guests we've had. And <gasps> we've got some big guests coming that we've been working on. Can't announce yet, but mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, so much more that we're going to be covering in the new year. Yeah, we need to step up. We, we, we keep are. Getting st- we keep trying to make it better and better. We are. That's why we got rid of award-winning Mike. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm we kidding. said, fuck that guy. No. We took his award and we shoved it up on this shelf here. We should make a shout-out to all our Patreon subscribers, too. Yes. I yeah, have been getting so a lot of Ask Miss Emma stuff lately. Keep it coming, guys. I love your questions. I love getting down and dirty. People love you. Um, I'm so glad you know you're doing it. The difference between you and me when somebody sends a you know, long email asking a question, and I'll say something like... Read the manual. Uh, try this website. But Emma will go into this. Darling, your pictures are lovely. I really appreciate that. You know, I once used to have... Like, she'll just go into, like, long stories in full detail and, well, and explain no, stuff. No, I... The latest one, I had um, a guy from Australia... Whoa. ...send in an inquiry about his turn signals going too, f- too fast. And so we went through Ohm's Law, and I explained Ohm's Law to him and how it's going to work. And it should be just awesome. fine. We'll slow those things down. So, yeah. <laughs> Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Find the links to our Patreon page. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We even had some thank people you, up you, there. You guys are the bestest. Uh, you know what? It really does... Um, it really does please no, no that's not the word I don't want to say that I'm warmed by this because that will freak you all out um, <laughs> that I actually have a heart but I, but I am this is true. because this is something oh, we've yeah. been doing this podcast for over four years and you don't get into this to make money but then you start to realize there is the possibility to have money coming in Cha-ching. that you can turn around and use to do more and better things with like yeah. by and gin by it, scratchers yeah <laughs> and, we're all uh, scratchers Scratcher addicts, and that is investment, and that is happening. And I just love, I I just love that. And our listeners, we have such good people. Yeah, we really do. Um. Anyway, I'm yeah. You're like gushing. I I am. Well, you know, again, you get to the end of the year and you start to look back. I'm really happy. I love our our people, the people behind the mics and the people behind the speakers and headphones. Like your money is going to the garage and helping people uh, get bikes on the road again. Get you know, replenishing our supply of 10 millimeter sockets. Yeah, yeah, and all that. So I know. Um, Zazzle.com. Get our swag. It is a great gift. Swag. And yeah, if you want the ride, ride naked, the naked gym shirt, um, you have to set your filter. Turn off the adult. Well, yeah. Not for the, the are, we, are we going for the full two hours on this one? <laughs> like not that. for childrens. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. I appreciate you. This is Eliza. Bagel. Isaac. Charlie. This is Doug. <laughs> Emma, darling. Sonia. Sid Biscuit. Naked Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we out. We're out of here. Cool. Ciao. Cool. 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 Cool.